Blog Talk Radio. All right. I just told y'all couldn't hear me. Hopefully you can hear me now. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Testing one, two, three. Okay, anyway. As I was saying, (laughs) it's crazy. Okay, good, good, good. All right. So I'll figure out how to work this, this new thing I got here eventually. Anyway, as I was saying, Welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the house. How are you doing out there today on this wonderful Friday afternoon? Yeah, it's Friday afternoon. I know some of y'all are tired. You've been there all week. And people are getting on your nerves, but don't hurt them, okay? It's going to be okay. You only have a few more hours to go, hopefully. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> we got a hot show for you today, all right? The title of the show is What the Heck Are You Afraid Of? And, uh yeah, I think that's a good good title for what we what we talk we are talking about today. Uh, you know, we we're gonna talk a little about Minister Farrakhan's speech at this um, Found Savior's Day, which was a very very interesting speech to say the least. But we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, the UN panel, you know, made a uh, made a statement that the USA owes Black people reparations. That should be interesting to talk about. I'm sure. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about 45, you know, his little side chick, Stormy Daniels, and his just, the way he fires people, you know, he's just fired another one within the last 30 minutes, basically. So, uh, we're going to talk a little about, a little bit about that and, and, and the stability that's going on up there in Washington, D.C., because apparently it's not any if you work for him, <laughs> to say the least, all right? So, 
um, those are just some of the things we're going to talk to you about. And, of course, the black history person for the day is um, Phyllis Wheatley. Um, she was a poet, um, yeah, way before Maya Angelou. So P. Ross going to bring y'all um, a little bit of that. And then we got our quote of the day. Uh, yeah, by Aung San Suu Kyi. Okay. So I, that's the best I can do with it. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't read foreign language that good. <laughs> but that's what it is. Um, we got the song of the day coming for you, coming to you as well. Uh, some maze featuring Frankie Beverly. Yeah, get you to bobbing a little bit. Okay. So that's all we got coming up for you, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let me bring in the second half of this team, the logical one with the big words. No other than my co-host P. Ross. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Thank you for asking. I am doing outstandingly. You know what I mean? That's not a word. Outstandingly. Yes, outstandingly. Yeah, that's a little too much on that right now. As a radio host. As a radio host, I am entitled to create one or two words. Everybody else okay. do it. I'm <laughs> alright. <laughs> yeah. So, so what you got going on? Talk to me. What you got for us today? No, I really, I really don't got a lot going on today because you know it, it's just been a crazy week. It's just been crazy. <laughs> mm. All the way around. But, you know, mm-hmm. we gotta press up, you know, not, not not only, you know, with with the with with the hearsay and people taking your your words out of context and adding to, you know, what what they think it all all to say. You know, and not mm-hmm. necessarily not necessarily being the truth. You know? So, you know. I do know. Yeah. You know, it's strange how they do that. <laughs> Very much so. Very much and so. They expect you, and the crazy part is they expect you to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you yeah. just don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of been a crazy week, but it's okay. It'll get better. Okay. Well then, with that all being said, <laughs> yeah, it's time to get on with the get on. Like I told y'all, man, we got um, Frankie Beverly Mays on tap waiting on you, and because uh, uh, we got to start this Friday, this show off right with Frankie Beverly, you know, and, and, and get your heads bobbing a little bit, cause get that sleep out your eye, because you, a lot of you done went to lunch, so your your your, your body is heavy right now, eyes even heavier. So let's see if we can help you out a little bit. You know what I mean? That sounds like a plan to me. All right. So without further ado, here it is, the song of the day, y'all. No other than Frankie Beverly Amazing. Before I let go, see y'all in about five minutes. Enjoy the music. Yeah. 
I am Mr. Talk. My co-host P. Ross is riding the train with me today, so we co-piloting this thing, and uh, we're ready to give you a show today. Um, but let me tell you how you be a part of the show because that is important. The first and easiest way is to call me. Just pick up your phone and call three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Once again, that's three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Okay. The second way is that you come into our chat room, which is open, and that's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Now, let me explain. If you come to the chat room as a guest, the only thing you'll be able to do is read what's being uh, talked about or the conversation that's going on in the chat room. Okay? Now, by chance, uh, if you want to come and use a username, then you'll be able to come in and type um your, your, your uh, reactions or comments in the chat room, okay? So that's the difference now. Oh, yeah, and on the call, if you're working on minutes, I, I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you, hey, be careful because I, I can't pay your bill, all right? <laughs> I cannot pay your phone bill. So I just want you to know that, you know, um, you know, because I know some of y'all got them crazy packages, okay? And another way is you can shoot me an email at ericlesstalk.com. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's wrong. The email is ericletstalk at gmail.com. Okay, there it is. All right, or you can email the co-host at p.leona, L-E-O-N-A, dot ross24 at gmail.com. Okay, so those are all the ways you can participate in the show, and I do look forward to hearing from you. You know why? Because what you have to say is always important to us, and that's for sure. Okay, so with that being said and done, I think we have got all the other stuff out the way. It's time to move on with the show. So next coming up is the quote of the day and our black history moment about Miss Phyllis Wheatley. And um, with that being said, P, are you there? Yeah. Where else all right, be? I'm just saying. Hey, I don't know. That's what I have to ask you. <laughs> oh, I have to ask you. Okay, we got you. Bye. Of course I'm here. Man, okay, well, since you're so ready to go, take it away with the quote of the day. All right, the quote of the day comes from Yang Su. Yang Sad Su Kwai. I think that's how you say her name. Not real sure. Because from her book, Freedom from Fear. And her quote is simply this. It is not power that corrupts, but fear. Fear of losing power corrupts those who wield it. And fear of the scourge of power corrupts those who are subject to it. Let me read that again a little bit slower so y'all can catch that in the brief. It is not power that corrupts, but fear. Fear of losing power corrupts those who wield it, and fear of the scourge of power corrupts those who are subject to it. So, in a nutshell, it is talking about oppression and the oppressed. Oppression, O-P-P-R-E-S-I-S-S-I-O-N, and the O with an E-D. Those who have the power or the oppressors fear losing that power. It's nothing but a game of control. 
See, so they fear losing the control over those in which are the thing that they have that power and control over. While on the other end is those who are being controlled or who are being oppressed fear what it means to come up against or to fight against that power, to fight against that one that is controlling them. Take, for example, in a business relationship. You know, you think you care about this person, you think you love this person, and you you have a fear of that person, and your feelings are ambiguous because of what they may or may not, who knows, provide for you. So you look at the benefits versus if you walk away. So, in other words, you get used to a thing because you fear the unknown. But you want better. You want to do better. You want to live better. And you don't want to be under this reign of tyranny or what may have you. So, you either got to gird up your loins and decide that, no, I'm not taking this no more, and come what may, and fight to the death if that if, 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 if that be the case. But at some point in time, you got to make up your mind that, hey, I'm not living like this no more, I'm not taking this anymore, that you will not live in fear. Where it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of might and of a sound mind. So you have to get rid of those irrational thoughts that come along with fear and understand that all things are possible for you, and you don't have to live in fear. So then, you don't have to be subject to those in authority who who control you unjustly and try to keep you living beneath your privilege. Just something to think about. So it is not the power that corrupts but fear. Fear of losing power corrupts those who wield it, and fear of of the scourge of power corrupts those who are subject to it. In other words, hey, what the heck are you afraid of? Just get over it. All right, that's the quote of the day. Does it sound you got anything to say about that before I move on to the Black History Moment? Okay, so now where did you go? Talk about me missing. Anyway, Black History Moment? All right, Okay, everybody. yeah, I got something to say. Yeah, I got I something to say. I had muted myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, you know what? And, and that, that's a powerful quote because there's one word in that quote that just stands out, and the word is the word fear. You know, because once we let fear take hold of us, no matter what we're trying to do, whatever we're fearing, that is going to be the limit. That's as far as we're going to go because we, we, we don't want to go. We scared to go out on, on a, as the proverbial limb, as they say. You know, sometimes you got to take it. You got to go out on a limb. You know, that's the only way you're going to be successful. You know, you got to get over that fear. Yeah, we know every time is not going to be a good time. You know, sometimes you're going to fail, but that's part of being a success. You may fail three, four times. But as long as you learn it from that and don't repeat it, then you're going somewhere. See what I'm saying? So, yeah. And then the word power, you know, power in itself, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, once you get power, you get the feeling that that, that the, uh, you be bowled up and carry it on. Hey, look, that's why people don't want to lose it because they let it overtake them instead of them using it wisely. They let it overtake them, and that's where 
the fear comes in from them wanting to lose their power. And some of, some people would do anything to keep it. As we know, we have seen. You know, between Mr. Smith and his cronies overseas, we see it on a daily basis. We see it right here in this country. So don't let fear limit the, the success that you could have, okay? Get over that fear. All right, I'm done. Go on to the black history moment. Go ahead. <laughs> um, we've heard of Maya Angelou, but has anyone ever heard of Phyllis Weeks, who was also a renowned poet? Now, she was the first published African-American female poet, true African-American, uh-huh. because she was born in West Africa. In 1750, um, she was sold into slavery at the age of seven or eight and transported to North America, where she was purchased by the Wheatley family of Boston, who actually taught her to read and to write and encouraged her poetry when they saw that she had the talent. Um, Her publications of poems of various subjects, religious and moral issues, brought her fame both in England and the American colonies. Figures such as George Washington praised her work during Wheatley's visit to England with her master's son, African another African American poet, Jupiter Hampton Hammond, Jupiter Hammond praised her work in his own poem. Wheatley was eventually emancipated and is set free shortly after the publication of her book. She was married in about seventeen eighty eight and two of her children died as infants. After her husband was imprisoned for for debt in 1784, Wheatley fell into poverty and died of illness, quickly followed by the death of her surviving infant son. So, even then, there were harsh times, but she was a renowned poet long before Maya Angelou in the 17th century. All right, check her out. Phyllis Wheatley. Oh, all right then. <laughs> oh, that was the the quote of the. I mean, that was the black history person of the day. What am I talking about? Yeah, Phyllis Wheatley. Check out, man. Poems. She got some nice poems. They got some of them out there. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, you know, like like we said before, you know, black history don't stop just because it's not February. Okay. So yes, we we'll be giving you one every time we on the air. We're going to give you a black history person. That's right. And not none of the regulars that you hear about all the time. Well, unless they come back from the dead, then, yeah, we're going to talk about them, too. But <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure if that happens, there's going to be more than talking going on. You're right about it. You're right yeah, about it. I know. We're going to have an interview or something. Yeah. Yeah, or uh, something. You're right about that. All right, before we go any further, let me go on and welcome guests 282, 289, and Shadow Warrior in the chat room. Glad y'all can hang out with us. And, of course, we got Elena on the line on the switchboard, and uh, we bring her in in a few minutes, well, in a little bit, when we start talking about this one topic, reparations, because she has some good information, we got some good information, and it's some stuff we need to know. That's all that is. But before we get to that, um, before we get to that, let me tell you about the story I wanted to talk about last, but I did not get to it. 
and some of you probably have heard it, heard about it already, but we're going to talk about it a little bit today because this individual here needed to get, needed to actually get more than what they got. That's all I'm going to say. Daycare worker gets 21 years for drugging children to go tanning. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this this babysitter, uh, what's her name? Jan- January Netherlands, all right, actually was drugging the kids with, what is it, methylene? What's the word name? Melatonin. That's it, with melatonin. <laughs> You know, which is a dietary supplement, and it, 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 it it's supposed to help you with sleep. So she was giving these little kids um, this medicine so she can go and do whatever she wanted, whether it was going to the gym to do yoga or going to get her tan. Yeah, she was drugging the kids and leaving them there. Her excuse was that way they, if they were to wake up, you know, they wouldn't hurt themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. You know, um, this is really it's sad. Uh, let me see. To avoid the risk that the seven infants and toddlers in her care would wake up, trudge around, and hurt themselves while she ran errands, Netherlands drugged them with melatonin. Right? Never, never, melatonin. Okay. Uh, she was sentenced to more than 21 years in prison last week after she pleaded guilty to 11 counts of first-degree criminal mistreatment and one count of third-degree assault. In, a, in connection with Little Giggles, and that was the name of her little uh, daycare thing. Um, some of the kids had sleep had disrupted sleep cycles from the melatonin. Others um, far much worse. In January 2014, an 11-month-old child was rushed to the hospital with bleeding and swelling in her head. Injury court documents said were consistent with being shaken or struck repeatedly. Parents of another child said the girl had blisters in her mouth and on her shoulders when she was picked up. Um, Netherlands had overheated a bottle of milk in the microwave, scolding the child. When pressed, Netherlands said the injuries were spider bites. There were other causes of concern like diaper rash, allegations of scratching, evidence of poor nutrition. When authorities moved to arrest this lady, uh, one of the children was covered in fresh vomit and some of the children had melatonin still in their systems. Now, parents, you see this, right? You see this. You hear about this, right? Um, look, when you drop your kids off at the daycare or, or your babysitter or whatever you do, make sure you're paying attention to your child when you get your child back. You know, sometimes children will tell you things, and as adults, we be like, yeah, okay, that's so funny. Yeah, I know she's just playing. No, sometimes they be telling you what be going on, and you don't want to listen to them. You know, what what I have found out in my short life here on this earth is kids will tell the truth. They don't care who who is on. They're going to tell it. If you ask them, they're going to tell it. You know? So, you know, with things like this happening and, and, and other little nasty stuff going on between the pedophiles and uh, never mind. Anyway, hey, make sure you pay attention to your kids, okay? If your kid is trying to tell you something, take the time out to listen. All right? I'm sorry. I should be calling. If your children are telling you something, take the time to listen. Please. Please. Because this cannot keep this cannot keep going on. Yeah, we know there's some, some dang old nasty folk out there. But, if you, hey, 
Because if it's one of mine, I know what's going to happen. She ain't, they ain't going to have to worry about getting sentenced. I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness when I drop the hammer. It's just that simple. But anyway, I wanted to bring that to you. Pink, go ahead. I know you wanted to say a little bit about this as well. Yeah, the other thing, the other point was, you know, before you put your child in the daycare, do the research. This, she was illegally operating this daycare for five whole years, and she had a record, which she shouldn't have been taking care of anybody's children. Another thing is, parents, if, if your daycare tells you that between this time and this time, you are not allowed to pick up your children. Because this is what she told the people, between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., that, that three-hour period, she said, was nap time for the kids and that you are not allowed to pick up your kids at that time. What the, hey, who are you, lady, listen, you don't tell me when I can pick up my kids. That's ridiculous. You know, and, and then you just agree with it uh, without even thinking about it and run on off to work. I don't think so. And I'll tell you, that was one kid nap for three hours. Hmm. Let's just be honest. A drugged one? Well, yeah. <laughs> Normal kids don't. They be up and running around. That's usually lunchtime and, you know, playtime and all of that. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it it just doesn't it just it it just doesn't make make sense that that these types of people keep coming up in, in in harming children, you know, and 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 the damage is done, and then you want to react, then then rather be rather than be proactive for your children, you know. As parents, we you know, we just really need to. To, to take stock in, like this is how said, what our children is saying and stuff, saying, okay, baby, it'll be all right, and you're not listening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she only got 21 years. She should have gotten more than that. Look at the damage that she caused to these children. And some of it very well may be lifelong. And all she... And 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 all she has to say is, is that I love all my daycare kids as my own, and I believe they love me and enjoyed hanging out with me during the week. She said, but she also admitted that she had done wrong. I failed you all, and I let you down. You think, lady, my baby's a hospital. What the? You know, see, it wouldn't have been pretty. That's all I'm gonna say. So you know, we 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 just gotta be. You know, more proactive when when we're seeking out people when a daycare seems to be good. Get some references. Get some references. Don't just be so eager to get something that that it, that coincides with your schedule. Get references from other people who've been there. Every state should have a list of daycares and and that are actually licensed and legal, and you can check that out as well. You know, usually with, with yeah. DCF or, you know, CPS or, you know, those people. But, um, if there are any any allegations or anything that happened as a daycare, I definitely, DCF or Child Protective Services will have that record. They're required to. So that's all I got to say about the little crazy lady that gave kids drugs. I don't understand it. Don't make no sense. But, hey, it's yeah. still happening. Yeah, usually. Yeah, it usually don't make any sense, but hey, yeah, it, it, 
you know, and they always want to do studies on people's minds. You know, maybe that's what they ought to do. Give these psych folks yeah. a lobotomy or something. <laughs> hey, they did it to the black folk. Why don't you make? Yes, you were white, y'all. I'm gonna put it out there. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, be careful who you leave your children with. You know, and oh yeah, that does include family. So we just, let's not forget that. Oh, but yeah, anyway, move <laughs> they might say they wasn't safe when we were growing up. So hey, like. mm. mm. yeah, that's true. Um, see what else are we gonna talk about? Oh, I know. There's one more thing I wanted to bring up. You know, from last week. You know, everybody is, is talking about this quote unquote resource human, this resource officer in this school down in, in Florida Parkland shooting. About it. he stayed outside and they all up and uh, up and talking about well he should have went in and well he should have did this and he should have did that. Okay. Now this is what I'm gonna tell y'all that's saying all that stuff. Shut the heck up. All right, just shut up because you have no idea what you are talking about. None whatsoever. You know, if somebody's firing, you just don't go run up into a firing somebody shooting a weapon. You just don't run up into it. You have to stop and assess the situation first, right? Now, let's not forget this this guy. He had them planned it out to where he went upstairs, finished firing, put his weapon down, and walked out with the rest of the kids. You see what I'm saying? But look, as a veteran, it's like this. I'm going to tell you. There are some that's going to run to the fight, and there are some that's going to run away from the fight. I've seen it. Okay? I have seen it. Some leaders even do that. I've seen it. Okay? So, you know, it's bad enough the man to retire because, you know, they was going to fire him because, oh, and, and that's the problem we, we have. We, we don't take care of each other anymore. You know, if somebody was to say something against me and I worked for somebody, I'm sure they would fire me on the spot. That's why I work for my dang old self. Um, anyway, but because there's no loyalty, no nothing. You know, the cop did what he thought was right. I don't blame him. I wouldn't have ran up there and just run in and just, and I don't know where the shooter is. That's dumb. That's dumb. And I know there's some of me out there saying, well, Mr. Talk, if it's your child, would you be saying the same thing? Yes, I would. As a veteran of war in combat zone, yes, I would. So y'all get off the car. Get off the guy. Let him live the rest of his life however he want to live it. Okay? Did what he thought was right. And apparently he had some buddies that didn't go in as well. And then you got Corporal bone, Private Bone Spurs up there talking about he would have been the first to run in. Yeah, right. Now, if y'all know who, who Private Bone Spurs are, you'll figure it out later. Go and look up Bone Spurs and draft dodging. You'll figure it out. See what I'm saying? So, and, and, and a lot of people talking about they would not, they don't know what they'll do until they're in that situation. Until you're in that situation. Yeah, because fear comes to your mind, adrenaline be pumping, and you be trying to figure out what the heck you're going to do. It's easy to sit back and say, oh, yeah, this is what I would have done. And most of you wouldn't have done nothing but run away, too. You would have probably ran away. 
Probably had to go home and change your underwear or something. So for all those talking bad about that guy, leave him the heck alone. He's human, okay? He makes mistakes just like everybody else. Thank you for your attention. <laughs> RP, anything you want to add to that? I just have to get that out. I had to get that out. No, you pretty much covered all the cowardice, you know, that that was there while they want to, you know, point the finger at somebody else and say, you know, what they would have did when, you know, the death draft dodging behind and making excuses. Now you want to say what you would have did. You lying, you would have ran in the opposite direction like you always do and blamed somebody mm. else. Because that's mm. just who you are. Why are you trying to point things at somebody? Mm. I don't know that he actually, you know, they said that when he heard the, the gunfire, he thought the shots were coming from outside, which is why he took up a tactical position. And then he said he was the first oh. member of the Broward County. He said he was the first member of the Broward County Sheriff's Office to report the gunfire. To also assist with the local SWAT team, he gave them keys to the building where the shooting happened and drew and drew diagrams of the campus for them and helped school administrators access security videos. Now, he's not the only one under scrutiny. The whole entire Bryan County Sheriff's Office is because, you know, of, of, of their failure to respond quickly enough is what they're, is what they're saying, you know, so... Um, so the person who put who put Peterson out there, this Israel guy, has also come under under criticism, you know, over the department and handling of, of, of the incident. So, you know, you try to throw some, you try to throw somebody else to the wolves, and you know, you end up getting caught in the fiasco as well. You know, that's so. right. Don't try to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's another one I'm out and out of the way. All right. So with those little nuggets out of the way, I guess we can get on to a couple of the major topics we wanted to talk about. Um you know, forty five and his little trick and wait for the end of the show. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say that. That's so bad to me. Okay, y'all, I'm slapping my hand, okay, because I shouldn't have said that like that. But anyway, um as we, we talked Monday about uh uh Farrakhan giving a speech um, at the Nation of Islam Savior Day. And there was a big hoo-ha about it because he said something about the Jews and he said something about the, this person, the homosexuals and the LGBTQRSTUV people. And, I mean, and it was all in the speech. Now, I sat and listened to all three hours of that speech through the prayers and everything. And I'm going to tell you, there wasn't nothing wrong with what he said. There really wasn't. What he said was truth, 95% of it. But we're going to get to the part that ain't. <laughs> but anyway, what he said was true. And it's amazing how when the truth come out, everybody gets upset. You know, now that he, they were upset because he said something about the Congressional Black Congress, members of the Congressional Black Congress, and... um. He said something about a couple of them that had so-called went with the system and denounced him. And, every, you know, it's a funny though. Everybody's getting upset but the people he talked about. Right. <laughs> you ever notice how that works? 
Everybody else is getting upset except for the people that's actually involved. That is just cuckoo. That really is. Mm. So, a- after listening to it, yeah, I was like, what was wrong with this speech? Nothing. Nothing. He said the same thing he's been saying for years. You know, everybody know what 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 the real deal is. You know, everything. Now, um, this is some of the things he said that it got everybody upset and really, you know, um. Remember, it was the same satanic Jews of yesterday that conspired against Jesus and had him killed by the ruling authority of the Roman Empire. They hated Jesus because he told the truth. Jesus was ridiculed, falsely charged, lied on, evil spoken of, and called a hater and a bigot. It continued. He does not learn the lessons of history. He, I'm sorry. He who does not learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them. Perhaps you can avoid the errors of the past and not let an innocent man be, be condemned. Okay, then later on he he tweeted, why do the Jews hate me so much, with so much passion? Because Jesus, my brother, who was their last prophet, was 2,000 years too soon. I am on time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And here's something else that got them all up in the uproar. Um, He declared white folks are going down and that the powerful Jews are my enemy. Jews are responsible for all this filth and Degenerate behavior in Hollywood, that Hollywood is putting out, turning men into women and women into men. White folks are going down and Satan is going down. And Farrakhan, by God's grace, has pulled a cover off of that satanic Jew. And I am here to say your time is up. Your world is through. And that was it, for the most part. I mean, he said some other stuff during the speech, but that's what really got everybody upset. Besides, uh, uh, this the, the, the so-called letter to the Congressional Black Caucus. Um, the three people they were talking about was Representative Danny Davis of Illinois, Gregory Meeks of New York, and Barbara Lee of California. You know, um, and basically let's say, look, we, we we're disappointed that you didn't stand with us and you stood with the, the establishment and you know denounced us. In which we know that that's the game that everybody has to play. Once they get there and they 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 fall in somebody and it gets out some of the things they say, the establishment come knock on your door and they say, "Well, I understand you know Minister Farrakhan. Well, you know we don't appreciate the stuff he's saying, so we want you to to, to give a statement denouncing what he has to say." Bam. Now. You as the individual, you got to make a choice. Now, what am I going to do? I've been with this man for over 30-some years. I, you know, and I'm just getting into this, this political bull crap that you're dealing with. So what am I going to do? Hmm. And some make the, the, the choice to denounce him, denounce whoever you, you, you know, your friend or your, your, your mentor or what have you. And some take a stand. So some take a stand. Um, but... Either way, either way, it's amazing how they just pick bits and pieces out of something. A three-hour speech now, a three-hour speech. And it wasn't one of those that just harped on, you know, I hate the Jews. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't like that. It was an actual three hours. And you mean to tell me they picked just these little bits and pieces out to make it sound so horrible. 
make him sound like he just blah, blah, blah. Right? I guess I guess they forgot to, to mention the part where he said more than once that he was a Christian. I guess they forgot that part, huh? <laughs> you know, since we live in a Christian nation, one God, indivisible, yeah, and all that stuff. You know, so that's why I always say, y'all, when you read certain things, when you read stuff, go back and, and, and search it, you know, research it a little bit. And you find it sometimes, a lot of times, it's not what is out there for you to read. Okay. Go ahead, P. Yeah, it was a lot that was um, taken out of context um, in that. And, 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 you know, just to focus on those two things out of a whole, like you said, a three-hour in, in, in some speech. When he was admonishing the people, you know, some of the men, you know, black men and men in, in, in general about how they treat their women, how they treat their wives, you know, and, and being in a nation where, you know, this is the giver of life. She is the one who carries your child. You should be respecting her, not this this era now where women are just being degraded in, in you know, in this Me Too movement and from 45 itself with his, you know, snatch grabbing and, and acting like, oh, it's just something that you do. They didn't say anything about that part when he said that, you know, but they want to focus on the Jews. But, okay, well, we know that recently the evangelist Billy Graham had passed. He also brought this up on there. Farrakhan is not the only person that was saying that. Billy Graham had a conversation with Nixon that came out in the Watergate incident when, when in, in those tapes where Graham had said this stranglehold has got to be broken or this country is going down the drain. He also told Nixon that Jews are the ones putting the pornographic stuff out. See? See, so it's nothing new. And what Farrakhan said was the powerful Jew. So, again, he's talking about people in power. See, that's misusing that power. But like I say, they like to take things out of context and they don't get right at the gist of things. See, they don't get at the truth of the matter. And then they want to text everybody and say, oh, you black. So he's black. So where do you stand on this? I stand with the man for what he said because he's telling the truth. He's the first person that said it. So where do you stand? Why should I have to change my views or why should I have to justify what another man's beliefs are, just because we're the same race. Those are his beliefs. And if they're based on truth, if they're based on fact, then, well, it is what it is. Why are you upset? And, again, what you so afraid of? And why do you yeah. need my opinion this way? Why do you need yeah. me to justify you in the first place? Why are you even talking to me? Because <laughs> every time a black man stands up and says this is this and trying to better the people as a whole, there's always some pushback. And a lot of the time, 
you know, like these little few members of, of, of Black Caucus, they want to jump in on the bandwagon and say, oh, we don't support hate speech. How you don't support hate speech? If you're agreeing with those that is speaking the hate speech, those who oppress you daily, who tell you you are less than what you are and you can't cross this line and this is how far you go, then you're supporting hate speech whether you know it or not. You're the girl. Every, time, every time you turn your back on someone of your own race, of your own color, who is trying to help your own people, and you tell them that they are wrong, you are supporting the hate speech. Mm-hmm. are supporting bigotry. Mm-hmm. You are supporting the agenda of the powerful. You are supporting the agenda of the elite. Who at the mm-hmm. end of the day is just going to be just another, yeah, one of them. <laughs> Say it ain't it's so. It's really not the truth. <laughs> but I'm not saying everybody. We, he was talking about their power elite, the corrupt. That's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. We're trying to make it seem like it's everybody because that's not what he said. And that's not even what Billy Brown said. He was talking about, again, those corrupt ones in power. Mm-hmm. With the hidden agenda. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Let's not forget, he said he already talked about Agenda 21. Remember that? But a lot of people don't remember that. But, you know, yeah. So, hmm. But anyway, all right. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, just wanted to make okay, that clarification. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great clarification because I want to get to this next topic. Y'all know I ain't spending much time on it because I know this one here we need to talk about, and uh, we really need to talk about it. Uh, and we talk about it quite often. Um, there's a bill that's presented in the House each year, you know, requesting it. And, of course, it, it gets the attention that it gets every year, none whatsoever. And... You know, it, it, it's amazing how others others uh, can get things done, but for some reason, uh, we as a people we can't get anything done, and it, it just it's, it's mind boggling. And I, because I was thinking, I was sitting here today thinking when me and P. Ross was talking on the phone, and I told her, I say, you know, isn't it amazing how? The, the 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 white kids' school gets shot up, and everybody is, is behind them. Let them march. They out of school and everything. Uh, but black folks say something, and all of a sudden you need to shut up. You know you you out of order, what have you? How does that work? And of course, she gave me her answer. You know, my co-host here gave me her answer, which I had to agree with. And and you know, and the more I think about it, I'm like, huh, that is very interesting. You know, of course, I know this is nothing new. It is nothing new. Now, we still talk about the Parkland the Parkland shooting in Florida, you know, but the, the young lady, 70-year-old lady, young lady who wanted to be a nurse in Alabama that, that was shot, you know, that was about two minutes, and you hear nothing else about that. You know, I'm sorry. Maybe it, it wasn't it wasn't a, 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 a semi-automatic weapon. It was just a pistol, but, you know, don't you think we deserve, well, anyway. Um, and what I'm talking about, 
talking about y'all is reparations. You know, we have talked about reparations before, and everybody has come up with a, a so-called plan, you know, that this will work, that will work. Georgetown University was even considering um, giving free education to those who uh, ancestors worked on that land before they put the university there, if they were descendants or what have you. Uh, I mentioned the bill that's, 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 that's been uh, presented every year that goes against no attention. And reparations. You know, because I often say, you know, what good is reparations? Because most people, most black folk, okay, let's, let's get be real. Most black folk, what do you, when you say reparations, what's the first thing they think about? They think about money. They think about money. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, here's my thing about that. You give them a trillion dollars, okay, give them a trillion dollars. And within a six-month time period, they be back to living check to check. You know why? Because we don't understand economics. We don't understand financial stuff. So when you start talking about reparations, you know, we have to work out a, a system or an idea to where it's going to fit it all. You know, we talking about, well, I want my 48 fuel. Yeah, but most of the land is contaminated. What you going to do on it? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it, it, it's a lot going on with with this thing called because most people just say reparations and that's all they want. We want reparations. My forty acres and a mule, or give me my money, whatever. But they're not really sitting down to think about what they are talking about, you know. And what reparations are you asking for? Because honestly, most people cannot go back in more than three generations. Uh, as far as the family tree, most people can't do that. Just three generations. You know, when 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 you start talking about reparations, you have to be careful what you talk about and know what you're talking about. In other words, you know, know what you what you, what you're looking for. Yeah, we know the Indians got theirs, and there's some black farmers that got a little little money for their farms. But that's the extent of it. Man, that's supposed to be okay? No, it ain't supposed to be okay. Um, okay, I'm going to hush right there because I'm about to get started and get on my sermon. I ain't trying to do no sermon today. Pete, you got anything you want to add before I bring Elena in? Because Elena got some stuff for you, boy. Me and her was talking earlier today. And woo! Talking about some strong oh, stuff. Yeah. No, but no, anyway. no, no. I don't, I don't have anything. Go ahead and bring her in. All right. Well, that's what I'm talking about right there. See, we make such a good team. I sent you that I mental, mental weight. <laughs> Elena, how are you doing today? Are you with I'm me? I'm doing well. Greedy. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you are. So you ready to give, give us some of that good knowledge that you have, you know, that me and you discussed earlier this morning? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And y'all had it going on so much, so, so much earlier. Man, it was hard for me not to just jump in, I, you know. But uh, <laughs> y'all got it going on today, I will say. Well, I'm going to start. I'm just going to give you a brief little summary of what I'm going to talk about because you made a, a excellent point um, when you said that we need to define what reparations is. Now, uh, I'm, I'm a member of the American Institute of Human Rights, and we are a non-governmental um, educational um, institution. 
And for the past three years, we've been looking at international and human rights law as it applies specifically to the African American, well, Afro descendant in the United States um, mm-hmm. issues. Um, reparations for us is going to come in all different forms because we've been harmed from several different areas, you know, a, a, you know, as human beings. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to first start with our identity of who we are. Mm-hmm. Who is the, ask yourself, who is the African American? Who are we? Uh, are we really African Americans? All of these things are something that we had to look at. So what we concluded was we are Afro-descendants, but we're not necessarily African, African, African. We're what you call an autochthonous people. Our ancestors were already here. Africans have been here, traveled here several centuries before Europeans. As a matter of fact, if you want to be technical about it, it was Africans, the Moors, who brought the, brought the Europeans over here. That's mm-hmm. fact. That is fact. Uh, if you go back further than uh, the Moors, uh, our ancestors, you know, in the B.C. era was traveling here all across the globe. Not only Africans travel here, the Austra- Australians travel here because they were seafaring people. So all of these things come into into play when we talk about our identity. What happened was when the European got here and he started instituting, setting up and creating his institutions, he omitted us and he omitted our identity. And he also uh, did a paper genocide against us. Uh, based on the research I've done, our ancestors have gone to war several times with the um, with the Europeans since he came here and colonized. Uh, the first, and I live in Georgia, in here in the South. One of the first wars that was fought against the colonizer, against uh, Spain, the United States predecessor, was the uh, Wali and the Africans. Uh, they fought against. Uh, the Spanish conquistadors who were coming here to conquer. And we move on to uh, the 1700s. Uh, we had the Gullah Wars here in the South, uh, where our ancestors, the Africans, the enslaved Africans, and the ones who had marooned, who went into uninhabitable uh, areas and set up settlements, they fought against uh, the colonists as well. As a matter of fact, the slave trade was officially abolished here in the United States, up in Virginia, in 1808. And before then, the um, British abolished the international slave trade. It was not legal for them to even come in and bring slaves from Africa. But, you know, of course, we had people that tried to do it anyway. Um, Georgia was supposed to have been a free state, free of of slavery. But Uh the... the, um, the colonists, they wanted to continue with slavery. So what right. did they do? They warred against Britain. Well, our ancestors fought on the side of the British because that's who was giving up the freedom at that time. All right. these things have a, 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 a legal, political, and an economic connotation to it. So that meant our ancestors, whether they were enslaved in Africa, because our sovereignty was never taken, we never agreed to the political situation we were in. Our ancestors always fought to be free, sovereign people. 
So whether we were free uh, in Africa, for those of us who, who came from Africa and who can trace their lineage to Africa, uh, the, the numbers don't add up to say that everybody's uh, pure African. Uh, Africans have traveled here in waves. The slave trade was the last wave of Africans. So that makes us an indigenous people, and it makes us autonomous. autonomous. And uh, we have rights that we haven't even scratched the surface on because uh, we have people who continues with this civil rights narrative, which has done nothing for us. Civil rights was a trade-off. It deprived us of autonomy. It deprived us of our right to restitution and compensation. It deprived us of our right to control our own spaces and places, uh, it was just a bad political move. So what we have to do is go back and recreate all of that. So reparations is not going to entail just cutting a check. We're old and we're entitled to more than a check because really we're intergenerational prisoners of war. And I say that because most of the areas where we're the majority population, you have a heavy police presence in those areas. True. Those are internal military. That's that's the same tactics that they use in Israel. These police are trained in Israel. They use these same tactics on our brothers and sisters here in the United States. That's against international law. As a matter of fact, I was telling um, Mr. Talk, I was telling the brother last week, I believe it was when we spoke, about an incident that happened in Chicago from nineteen ninety from nineteen seventy two all the way up to the two thousand where John Berg, a police chief in Chicago, was torturing black males using the same tactics that he learned in Vietnam, using cattle prod, sticking them up their rectums. He used uh jump boxes, electrical put electrical probes on black males' testicles horrible accounts all of these all of this stuff that i'm talking to you about uh, i read it in a report through the united nations this was done against black men on the united states soil uh-huh. do you hear me so yes. i'm sorry they just don't get to give us a funky check they're going to cough up more than a check we want uh, a treaty we need a peace treaty peace agreements we need to control. We're, we're the majority population in about 732 or 35 cities. If we're the majority population in there, we want that administration out and we want our own in there. We're going to be the ones to govern ourselves. We're going to control our own economy. We don't have an economy because most of everything we produce or anything that we do, even down to our identity, I was talking to brother last week, you want to lock? They want to lock the, uh, our young males up and have city ordinances and write tickets and lock them up for busting slack, but they can bust slack to sell Coca-Cola. See, we got a problem with that. You see, I do. I don't know about anybody else, but I have a problem with that. Um, yeah. the, the arbitrarily using the law in court to subdue us as a people. Uh, I think we have poor leadership. He, who's knowledgeable of international and human rights law? They need to step aside. They they no longer have they no longer have that right to continue making decisions for us. Uh, that is killing us. We're in genocidal conditions. Uh, reparations is a demand. It's, we're not asking. We're telling them you're going to give us what we're entitled to. 
the right to self-determination, the right to autonomy. We need access to global markets. We don't need to be dependent on these people who have proven over and over again that they hate us to uh, give us jobs. We are one of the most intelligent group of black people on on the planet. We should be creating jobs for ourselves. So that's the type of reparations that we're talking about. The rest of it, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not even interested in. Yes, we're going for compensation, but there are some other things we're going to be looking at as well. Uh, we're in contact with economists uh, because we, we're looking at changing the political status uh, on an individual level and a collective level. Uh, we're looking. We've already declared a confederated nation state here uh, in the United States, so we'll have a political organ that represents us and represents our interests first, our interests, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, our interests first. We've already done that. We're looking at, uh, we're offering membership. We're, we're asking organizations and families to, 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 uh, to register with us and, and become a part of what we're doing. We're going to hold elections already. We're uh, looking at uh, approximately 200 to 250 positions to put people in places so they can represent different areas here in the United States. So these are the type of things that we're doing. Um, one part of reparations is uh, the, the, that we have to ask for is them to stop doing what they're doing. We've got to demand that you stop killing us. Uh-huh. You stop sending our, our arbitrarily sending our black males to jail for nonviolent crimes, for economic crimes, because you have excluded us from the wealth of this country. That's number one. Number two, we demand jurisdiction over ourselves, uh-huh. the right to self-govern. That's number. Then we want to be compensated for all, every generation, for all of the generational wealth they've taken. Our ancestors, when they came out of slavery, we had land. We had right. land. We had farms. We had viable towns. What did they do? They went in. They used planes. The first terrorist, uh, terrorist incident that happened on the United States soil was against us. <laughs> were, those, yep. were those families ad- uh, uh, compensated? Hell no. Nope. Because we didn't have anybody that knew how to go in there and fight it. Okay? In Rosewood, in Florida, same thing. He in Georgia. Okay? The United States is a crime scene. And when we talk about our problems, we don't need to be identifying with Democrat or Republicans. They went in and murdered us because we were descendants of Africans, because we were non European people. And that's where we need to be that's what we need to be talking about. That's how we have to frame our narrative. Not, oh, well, you know, this white person. No, and it's bigger than even white and black. You're talking about an invader who came and invaded a land, whether it was on the continent of Africa or whether it was here. They came here, they raped, they pillaged, they maimed, they enslaved, and they still enslaved. Do you follow? Yes. That's the way we have to fight it, and that's the spirit we have to fight in. We're in genocidal conditions. We do not control our own food source. We do not have our own economy. We do not, we're not secure here. Uh-huh. You see, we're not secure. 
So all of these things we have to put in institutions, build institutions and systems that benefits us and us first. So that's where we have to go, and that's what reparations is going to look like. So I yield the floor. Okay. Well, thank you. That's that's a whole lot of great information. And, yeah, last week we was on the show, we talked a little about it as well. But I don't know if last week I asked you to break down this confederated state um, thing you're talking about. Because is it anything like what um, the Moore's Nation is trying to do here in the United States as well? No, this as is what we looked at. When we, mm-hmm. looked, when we looked at black America, one of our biggest issues is that we do not have a political organ to transfer wealth, power, and resources back to back to us, back to us, our, you know, back to our own people and back to our communities. Right. So because okay. of the oppression, because of the oppression, we politically, we're politically illiterate, and we have been forced into a political situation where we broke off into parastates or quasi, or I would say quasi-governmental entities that to deliver those services and protection back to each other. We broke off as Christians. We broke off as the Nation of Islam. And all of these are called mm-hmm. parastates because they govern people. They govern behavior uh, in churches. You govern. They govern behavior in churches. They regulate uh, regulate funds. They have programs and they issue and used to issue services. And also they had political entities during the civil rights era. That's where most of our politics was based in the mob and in the church. Mm-hmm. So though we right. that's a govern that's like a government entity. Those are entities. And then we looked at the different entities, different organizations like the Black Panthers, and you had other organizations. So we said, what political organ can we create where nobody loses their identity, like the Nation of Islam or the Black Panthers or the Masons or whoever you organize with for that political situation? We brought all of these people together up under one roof so we can have one objective, and that's self-determination and to have give our people access to services, and it's all-inclusive. So that was the reasoning behind that, because everybody is not going to want to fall under the jurisdiction of a moor. Everybody is not going to want to follow under the jurisdiction of a church. Every, no, not everybody wanting to identify with that. So one way to do of, of embracing who we are as a people is to create a confederated state with an electoral body where we choose the, uh, the, uh, the leadership and the representation. And it's not appointed to us like you have the appointed cronies we have today. <laughs> and self-appointed cronies, black power, black power pimps, and the black uh, poverty pushers. <laughs> so that was you know, the reasoning behind creating creating that. Oh, okay. That's that's ooh, that's outstanding right there. Uh, let's see. We got a caller want to come in as well, so let's let's bring this caller in. You don't mind doing it? 
Oh, yes, we had this in. conversation. <clears throat> okay. All right. Let's see. Welcome to the show, Sister Goni. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, and thanks for uh, taking my call. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for Good. asking. Good. Gre- greetings to your co host and to Elena. I know Greetings. I know this is the Elena I know, and yes, you all are just on fire today. Yes, yes, Great. yes, yes. I am so I, happy to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. I still got my carrot bars. I know, I know you're a busy lady, so I just stop bothering people. I know people know what they're going to do when they're ready to do it. So I say, you know, that's, called, that's what I call freedom. I have a question. Yes. What are the qualifications for Participating in the American Institution of Human Rights. Just it, as long as you want to participate, you're welcome. Everybody's invited. Thank you. And when you have time, shoot me an email or call me and let me know how how I can participate because I agree that this is very important and we can see, uh, as I have said many times on Mr. Talk Show, uh, that we are similar uh, we are in similar circumstances as the Palestinians, which you you mentioned, you know, other uh, ethnic groups that are under siege, and we have had a over 400-year abusive relationship with these folks here. Yes. And they whine and holler about big government, but they don't want to talk about the elephant in the room. It was their ancestors who said to the government, so-called, you freedom, you hire them. So that's how the government got big like it is, right? Well, well, well let, me, let, me, let me expound on that, and I'm going to go back to, because I want everybody to think about, ask yourself, what was America before the Europeans got here? The, America was a landmass that had several nations and several nations mm. of black people. Those uh-huh. Indians that mm. you see, the mainstream Indians, that align with the, with the white man, those Indians are not the real ab- Aboriginal people. They are Mongolian. They're Asian. The Aboriginal right. people were darker people. They were Australian uh, or Melanesian-type people. And mm-hmm. you can go back and look at the pictures. Now, we are mixed right. with African, but it's that last wave of African. We're Aboriginal people, so let's get that straight. That has a legal, economic, and a social connotation to it, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. when they erected their institutions, and I want to keep keep your mind here, because the way when you frame a conversation and you frame an argument and rhetoric, this is where they've been tripping us up because we don't know our history. When they framed mm-hmm. that constitution and put in their institutions and systems, they excluded us. And, and wrote, I, wrote us out of humanity. They went from natural law to an artificial law, and that's where mm. they penciled us in. They didn't even have the decency enough to uh, uh, respect our humanity, and they never changed the, hum- the, the, the Constitution to reflect our humanity. They always put us in the position in their systems and institutions and in their constitution where they could use our human capital, our labor, our resources, and our wealth strictly for white supremacy, strictly to reinforce their status quo. Well, we have to go go back and dismantle that. And in order to dismantle that, you're going to have to utilize international and human rights law. Why? Because... 
they committed their crime in international waters. When they trans when they transported our ancestors, some of them from within the United States, because a lot of mm-hmm. had the Indian slave trade that nobody talks about. Those are mm-hmm. our ancestors too. Read Jack D. Forbes' work; it explains it all. You had the enslavement where they transmitted, uh, they they transferred uh, people slaves from within the United States out. And from the Africans from the United from Africa within, that was an international mm. crime, and it's court cases on the books where our ancestors went to outside law, went to international law, and said, "Hey, look, I'm a prisoner of war. Hey, look, this is what happened to me." And some of those cases were successful, and they were ret- those people were returned back to their countries. Or if they wanted to stay here, they were able to stay. So we have to go back mm-hmm. and reconstruct our humanity and our humanness and go and deconstruct what they have done. So that's where we are. Well, Elena, I was very happy when I heard you start off with our identity when you first started speaking. And I agree with that 100% because... First of all, we have been conditioned to think in terms of black and white people, and I'm sure I'm not telling you anything and most of Mr. Talk's audience anything they don't already know, but I think it's an important point to express that uh, there was no such thing as white people prior to 1681 when they wrote the miscegenation laws. And secondly, in the 70s, Mm. I think it was under Reagan, uh, he created an ethnic group or whatever, a group of people called Hispanic. Now, break that word down. His dash panic, huh? Mm -hmm. The browning Mm -hmm. of America. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And while we're and while wow. we're on it, this is how big this identity piece is. Now, we have been recolonized since 1865 more than three times. How were we recolonized through those censuses and through our identity? Because there was no plebiscite. Our ancestors expressed that they did not want to be governing. They they wanted their own separate entities. This is documented. We should have had a plebiscite. They didn't give us a plebiscite. We move on to World War II. Instead of putting us, when the United States became a party to the United Nations, they were Uh supposed to have listed all of their internal colonies on what you call a non-self-governing list. Hmm. What did they do? They went in. They reabsorbed us politically and legally. So they could control our human capital, wealth, land, and labor to, 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 to benefit themselves, not to benefit us. And they excluded us from that non-self-governing list. They were supposed to have been decolonizing. When the rest of the world was decolonizing, when Africa was decolonizing after World War II, when Latin America was decolonizing, the United States was supposed to have been decolonizing too because we are a national minority. We are a subdued people. Our ancestors went to war with these people from 1526 to 1967. Okay? Everybody mm-hmm. in the South did not take, everybody in the South did not take what the United States was doing to them laying down. That's true. Okay? That's so we true. have prisoners of war right now. 
that identity is a very key piece. Yes, we're victims of racism, but racism is only a derivative of the larger human rights abuse against us. And racism is a way to distract and and yes. uh, control the, the narrative to keep us. That's why I always talk about colonialism and imperialism and invaders, yes. because they yes. don't want you to speak on that perspective. Yes. You know, they want you to stay in your lane and let them be in control and domination of everything forever. But the reason why I started off speaking, uh, and I'm glad that you did share that um, breakdown that you did, but the reason I started off thinking uh, in terms of this issue where I did was because I just recently uh, seen some information where, you know, the the people that classify or call themselves white are up in arms now saying that they're under white genocide. And I sent uh, uh, Mr. Mm. Talk and and uh, uh, T. Ross a couple of one video and an article about race and ethnicity. That's another, I think, a thing that that's so important for us to grapple with. The, the idea of race versus ethnicity and nationality, because that's mm-hmm. how they play it. And they use the birth certificate. I don't want to get into that too deep, but that's part of it. That's how they uh, keep uh, using our presence for their gain and wealth is through the birth certificate system, their financial system or economic system, uh, you know, under Admiralty Maritime Law and with the, the – uh, the Federal Reserve Bank system, but the rest of the world uh, understands how they've been uh, stolen from also, and now they're moving away and establishing a, a different set of standards, and oh my goodness, uh, little brothers having a fit. Uh, you know, they're all over the world talking about white genocide, but they have selective memory, and they seem to have amnesia. I'm sorry. I just got my feathers ruffled up here. But here's the thing. How long did they think they could continue with impunity doing what they're doing? How long did they think they could stay in South Africa and hoard all the wealth for themselves and marginalize and exclude everybody else, just like here in the United States? How long do they think they can continue to re-enslave our black men through the uh, court systems? Uh, when you look at some of these jails, I'm, I know a couple of years back, I can remember this person. We had a heated debate. Uh, you know, the Mexicans, mm-hmm. they taking our jobs. All the Mexicans, send mm-hmm. them back across the border. Those yeah, jobs that. did not go to Mexico. Those jobs are in the prison system. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. That's where they are. That's where all these private companies are. And instead of uh, mm-hmm. looking at our young males with disgust, we need to be looking at these companies who – participate in prison labor and we need to boycott every product on the market that use prison labor. That's one of the ways that we we could be repairing ourselves. We are at we are active participants in our own demise. Our tax dollars pay for school systems that literally literally just just brainwash our children. We're producing yes. killers now. Killers. That's what we're producing. That's what the average black child, when they get 12 years of this, this, this miseducation, they have been exposed to so much. They're doing so much psychological damage to our children. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. I can show you behavior modification programs that have escalated mm-hmm. violence on the books. 
in these schools. Did you escalate violence? Escalate Escalate. the violence. They escalate the violence. Under Agenda 21, Common Core, Outcome-Based Education, all of that is uh, their agenda is to to, uh, get rid of unwanted populations. And, uh, you know, you say how long? Well, how long did they think that they could continue doing this? Well, you see, when when a, a group of people are conditioned to think that there's the supreme beings of the planet, uh, they forget that there is a supreme being, okay? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they wasn't thinking. They thought they could do this forever, obviously. Mm-hmm, but as we know, mm-hmm. as you sow, so shall you reap. So, uh, again, you know, I mean, this is not going to be an easy process, and we're, we're going to be hated uh, while we get justice. Uh, but, hey, it is what it is, like you said. And as far as taxes, the Supreme Court has ruled a couple of times that we're not supposed to be paying, not we specifically, but we're not supposed to be paying so-called income taxes. Uh, but again, see, you talked about international law. Uh, these people are mm. lawless. And, oh, yeah. and, and when it, uh, there's two yeah. things I want to say, and then I want to ask, uh, ask two questions I have to ask, but they're uh, not related. So I want to make sure to make this point uh, that, uh, you know, you talked about international law. I'm sure you know that they are in violation of international law all over the place. So who is going to rein these people in? Uh, that's number one question. The second question is, and then I'll be quiet and let you answer them, is have, has your uh, institution focused in on this new label of black ideological extremists? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well, let me answer your first one. Uh, yes. <laughs> the international community has uh, let it be known that they're not happy. Uh George Bush, they get certain countries that they have been declared, uh, you know, and been charged with uh, war crimes. Uh, it's certain mm-hmm. countries that uh, Condoleezza Rice and George Bush and that whole team, they can't even go in. So, uh, excuse me, they pay for their international uh, crimes. They just, we just don't know about it because the media is controlled by them. Yes. They would never put that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Francis Boyle won a, uh, uh, was uh, part of a court case that was uh, dealing with the way that the United States was treating uh, some of the people in the in the Middle East, in Abu Ghraib, in different places, using inhumane tactics, circumventing uh, the Geneva Conventions and whatever have you, holding prisoners. So, yes, the international com- uh, community... Uh, has held the United States accountable and still is. Was that still Indonesia? Yeah. There was a. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. Talk. No, I was saying that that is so true. I have read multiple times where um, other countries have um, actually held trial on the United States as far as war crimes and things like that. So yeah, that yeah. Is, that is so true. Indonesia and Japan, I know Cynthia McKinney, Dr. Cynthia McKinney participated in uh, a um, a war tribunal and uh, also um, Judge um, Alfred Webry. Webry. Alfred, Mm -hmm. yes. So, but my question was, who is going to rein them in? I mean, you, you know, like you said, you, you know, I'm not being defeatist here because I believe there will be justice sooner or later. We'll, you know, we're going to have a rocky road getting there, but evil can't last forever. It, it only lasts when people don't 
get up and try to do something about it, uh, in my view. Uh, but my question is, who is going to rein them in? I know you just mentioned the international community, but as I said, I mean, you know, they got away with uh, international, um, what is it, uh, what they, they did got- in the what is it when they put the mask over those? Uh, I can't think, man. Um, oh crap! It's a simple word that's it's coming to my mind here. Uh, torture. And 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 oh, okay. you know when they did oh, okay. the do you torture. honestly think? Let me ask you this: Do you honestly think that those American soldiers are, are walking around uh, scot free in these in these countries where those in the Middle East where the, most of this stuff happened? I don't no, know. Honestly, not. I have to no, say I don't no, know because as, now, as you, well, I'm glad to hear that. As you pointed happens, out. Nothing happens here, but when they go to other countries, we're the most hated people on the planet. That's why well, I'm we well aware of that. Yes. The, the, uh, United I'm well States, the United States, and I wouldn't say we because I don't consider us a part of the we the way that they treat us, but they are not. people are not very happy with them right now. And when we ask for help, we will get that assistance. The problem is we have Negroes sitting up in Congress and Negroes that put it out there that they represent our interests when they don't represent our interests. They represent white supremacy. They represent hegemony. They're not our representation. When When we, the people, go to the table, when black people have their own, as their own nation, go to the table. When we come together and we go, the world will hear us. But right now, as a fragmented Uncle Tom taking everything laying down, fragmented people, hmm. no, nobody's going to hear you. No. you don't, they look at us and say, we don't respect ourselves. When they look at your Condoleezza Rice's, when we go yeah. to war, when we allow our sons to go to war in other countries who who kill non-European people, we're saying we go along with that. So why should they help us? They shouldn't help us because we're part of the problem. But when we distinguish ourselves and we say, hey, we're going to help ourselves and we're not going to take this anymore, trust me, we'll get the assistance that we need. But right yeah. now... As the strategically placed toms that we have that represent us, especially mm. in, in the National Black Caucus, especially in Congress, that co-sign mm-hmm. on the drones being sent in Yemen, that co-sign on the, mm. on, and, and who don't make that connection of non-European people being murdered and arbitrarily killed at the, at, at, just at the snap of a finger. Who's going to help you? Mm. you got to help well, yourself. Yeah. Well, 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 Elena, right. uh, Condoleezza Rice is, is no different than the uh, the people that they set up in different countries uh, to be in charge of a country so they can, uh, you know, go in and take the natural resources. She's just a part of that whole a, yeah. uh, a system. So we, you said, well, see, but that, see, okay, this, this is something they, that I have a problem with. Let me ask this question. This is see. something I have a problem with. We, just because somebody has melanin doesn't mean they're part of me. But we haven't distinguished mm. ourselves. What I'm saying to you is black America has to distinguish themselves from the Condoleezza Rice's from the Colin Powell, from the people who are doing these non-humane things. We have not done that. When we come together from a place of power, when you, when you 
aggregate your wealth, power, and resources as a state and elect officials that represent your interests and your interests first. That is when the world will hear you. The world is not going to hear you as a fragmented people with strategically placed representatives. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the point I was trying to make, it goes back to, first of all, we this is forced assimilation. So Condoleezza Rice, mm-hmm. Colin Powell, those kind of people are product of forced right. assimilation and education. That was the point I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you that, you know, uh, we have to be a, you know, a separate force or a separate you know, nation, but I have issues with, and I'm, I'm asking the question. I know you're very well versed in this. I'm not. I'm just learning. I have this. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that we have to be a nation within a nation? Because I, 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 I have problem with that idea. Yes, we do need to be a nation within a nation. We already are a nation within a nation. We just don't exercise right. our rights. Yeah. Well, well where I'm coming from is the idea that you're a nation within a nation, but then the, the dominant force, you still got to go downtown and get permission to no, build no, a no, deck no, on no, your no. house and operate. so forth and so on. No, 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 it doesn't operate like that. That that comes, that, and I'm not knocking you because I know you don't know, it doesn't operate like that. Well, yeah. I'll give you an example. The Nation of Islam, and I have the greatest but, respect they, for what they've done, but they're still under the same law. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me stop you. The Nation of Islam in different areas, number one, the Nation of Islam is like a pair of theocracy. And they run off a of, uh, 501c3. When but, but my point, Elena, you're missing my point. Let me explain it to you. The United States has to be a plural society. That means they're going to have to share power, the power in their government. Right now, we don't have the representation that we need. You see what I'm saying? Even in the White House, they're going to have to go through a devolution process where they transfer authority to the areas where we are. Okay. They have countries that do that. Just because we see what we see is what the white people allow us to see. We don't see different forms of government because we don't learn about those different forms of government and how they operate. Well, in general, you look I agree it, with you. You look, at it, you look at it like Switzerland. Switzerland is a multicultural, a pure multicultural um, uh, 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 nation state because they have different groups, ethnic groups, because you have different types of uh, different types of Europeans that came together and confederated. You have the European Union that came together and confederated. You have different examples of of of, of governments that address their ethnic issue by going through a process that respects their other ethnic groups' sovereignty. But the so, EU is not one of them, Elena. The well, EU I know is they, a I know super, they're not one. What okay. I'm saying, I know they're not one of them, but I'm giving you that example. They have right. examples of confederated nation states, of people right, but coming together, of people coming together and saying, hey, instead of us having this ethnic uh, conflict, we're going to either create a state for you or give you this land mass or partition off this, cut that political partition off. But we don't see that because we only see this one form of government that the United States teaches us about. So well, it, can, I think it, can, it can be done 
what you will be doing is sharing sovereignty with that particular nation. And that was my point. That you know, I'm aware that there are different political setups in different parts of the world yes. and how they deal with um, mm-hmm. different ethnicities. I understand, you know how. And then there's they have these things set up, but that doesn't stop. Uh, uh, well, how you call it? Uh, like between the Serbs and the um, oh, what was the name of those people that they uh, they did? It stopped. It stopped, and they, it, I'm gonna tell you how it stopped. It did stop. It, it did stop because they went back in and they dealt. Dev- they divided up that sovereignty. They created a political institution and they created a constitution where everybody was included. The issue is we were never include, included. We're still in the constitution as three fifths of a human being. We're still, that's, we're still in the constitution as their property via that thirteenth and fourteenth and fifteenth amendment. Right. And, we, did and, not, and my not, view, we didn't agree to it. We right, did not agree to right. it. Exactly, so and in my view, that, that right that in itself, that right there is the meat <laughs> on the bone. In itself, is we did not agree. In and in 1865, in 1776, and in 2018, I have not seen a plebiscite vote on the table yet of whether or not we want to be a part of their political entity. Well, right. Elena, I, I I agree and with you, total, and, and respect your knowledge. Totally, and it's totally in violation of international <laughs> law. Now, how do they get away with it? Because people don't know what they've done, and that there are alternatives, and that they don't have to go along with that civil rights narrative. Well, and you that's don't true. have to be afraid hmm. because they're already killing you. It's well, a genocide going on right now in Chicago. I'm well aware of it, but the point I was trying to make, uh, Elena, yeah. was that even if they did, in my view, this is just my humble opinion. I'm not challenging you whatsoever. I'm just trying to express my view because I am one that's aware of it, and I speak on it as often as I can. But my point is, mm-hmm. in my view, even if we do have a plebiscite, even if we do fix up something where they have to share their property do you really think we can get along with these folks here on this land? I think. So what do we do? Do we tuck our tail and run? Of course not. I'm not mm. suggesting anything so like that. I'm just asking what, an honest what question. What alternative do we do? Do we continue to allow them to gun our children down in the street? What do of you course think not. is going to happen? That's not what my question. This is it. What do you think is going to happen if they don't come to the table? Do you think people are still going to continue to take it laying down? Uh, Elena, those questions question, I, I won't answer question, because it's obvious that I don't think that. But hold on, and that's hold not on. what I'm trying that's to ask. Question, that's the question. But this is the question okay. that each person, each black person in the United States have to ask. We are in a condition mm. right now that is genocidal. Uh-huh. You don't control your food source. You don't control the land space in which you live. You don't True. control your, your tax base. You don't control the curricula that your children are being taught that gives them the criminality in kindergarten, and then by the time they're in the sixth grade, they're walking out of the school in, in cuffs. And what I'm trying to tell you what is you're preaching well, to the I choir. Asking, well, I am asking you, <laughs> what other alternative do we have? But I no don't know what the alternative is, but I am well aware of the things that you are describing, Elena. I'm just asking an honest question. I'm 70 years old. Well, I'm not 16. And I feel the question. I'm not concerned. May about I please do whether finish they like my it question? Right, hold on. Whether they like 
this is why we can't have it because I'm not concerned what they like, and I don't. I'm not concerned how they feel or how we step on their toes. That wasn't the question I was asking. Okay. Well, this is this this. Okay. I I I will just forget it because you haven't heard my question. But I thank you for letting me try to express my concern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. All right. So, that's that's that a lot of stuff there. Uh, Sister Garney, what is the question? Well, perhaps I'm not able to express it right, but my concern and question is: even as we know, the United States has long been out of international law. Uh, you know, as, as far as uh, adhering to international law. They're lawless people. And my concern is I don't want to live in a, uh, you know, a, a, a area where you have these laws that are supposed to protect you and you have these agreements and we know they have not uh, agreed with any of their treaties. They've never honored any of their treaties with anybody in 500 years that I know of. So I'm just trying to figure out what makes us think that now all of a sudden we can leave, we can live and, and, and have our own and have our own government and have our own control over our lives and our children and our food and so forth and so on. Uh, but you know what makes us think that that's just 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 that, that something somehow is going to make them adhere to that when they haven't adhered to international law. Here's here's the thing. What makes us think that we have to continue to live in those conditions? You're living that under White House. So what do you think we should do? Stay quiet, 
die quietly? Well, I, I, I take that. that I don't think that do? question is worthy. We I don't be, think that question is worthy be, of me answering because obviously, well, I guess you don't want to answer since I'm trying to answer you, but you won't let me. Okay, go now, ahead. Now, I, I have made, I have expressed my feelings and my thoughts on the and issue. You have a right and to I, I'm, I'm not finished not answering your question. Wrong. I'm not opposing you, Elena. And I'm not opposing you. I am you. not. Well, it seems like you are because you see, it's like it's your way or no way, and you're not open to hear any other uh, concerns or okay, expressions. Well, that's how it seems to me. You have listen. You have legitimate concerns. Well, I, I, I ever, obviously have. not. I wasn't able to you express have, them without you getting. Have, a, you have. I will acknowledge. That you have. I acknowledge that you do have <laughs> very legitimate concerns for your safety. We all should have very legitimate concerns. When they put Trump in that White House, all of us should be very concerned. We should have been concerned when they put Obama in the White House because the only reason they put him up there was so when they complete their genocide, they could look out to the world and say, see, we, we had a black man. We, we, we wasn't genocide. <laughs> That's my opinion anyway. You should have got excited a long time before Trump. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, before before we carry on, let me put this out here real quick. All right, y'all, we got 12 minutes left in live airtime. We will be going over in the overtime. So if you're not on the switchboard, you need to get here, 347-838-8622. Come on, y'all. We, this is a good one. Come on. Uh, well, I think, first of all, we need to be able to hear each other. That's what I think. I think we should be able to hear each other. I respect Elena's knowledge and her expertise in this area. I know what her qualifications are. I'm not challenging what she's saying at all. I agree with everything she said. But I have a concern based on my experience in living in this environment, whether I have any degrees or not, that it's not possible in my view to live peacefully among these heathens. And the only way we ain't living peacefully among these heathens now. I know that. We ain't. We've never been in peace. <laughs> well, well, we really well, who, 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 what was it that I said that indicated that I thought we had been at peace? No, no, That's no. That's what no, I don't understand. I'm saying, listen, I'm not being facetious, but I'm, I'm being honest. We have never been at peace. Why do you think you need to tell me that? I'm 70 years We've old. We've never been. We've never well, been why do you peace. think you need to tell me that? This I've been here a long time. I think this is the question you're saying. <laughs> this is what I'm interpreting that you're saying. We ain't ready to make that power move. That's what you're saying to me. Well, you know what? That isn't what I said, and I think that's the problem of the communication because, see, sometimes when we speak with each other, instead of listening, we already assume we know what the other person is saying, so we come back with a brick, uh, you know, to share up down their throat what you think instead of hearing what the person is saying, and if we're going to be able to come together and make a power move like this, that's what we're going to have to do. Now, listen, there are people out here, like you said, you already expressed this, okay, uh, that are, are harping on mulatto this and that and all kind of stupid stuff, okay? So we got a lot of work to do and even to be able to sit down and discuss. You go to these meetings at the U.N., they had meetings a long time ago. Chief Elder went to the meeting in Geneva where they crowned us Afro-descendants, okay? So that was what they came up with, okay? But now you can't make anybody identify that, that way if they don't want to. Now, can you? not asking you to. That's why everything's going to be democratic. That's why you have a vote. That's why you ask people to declare. That's why you make it all-inclusive. Mm. And you only – I don't want people with me 
who don't want to go. I'm not going to force anybody to get off the plantation. Stay well, there. I'm not one who, I'm just, not I'm one who saying, doesn't want to go. I, but what I'm, I'm not really concerned is, about myself. I'm, I'm concerned about my grandchildren but, and my great-grandchildren. What I'm, is, what I'm saying is what we do is going to be for the children. We're uh, well, in genocide conditions right now. We're but here's what I'm concerned right about. I, here's what I'm concerned about. A black dictator is just as bad as any other color dictator. So if we can't come together as equals and discuss things and be heard and, and address concerns, then, you know, you're not making any progress as far as I'm concerned, okay? I'm looking it has at it to like be this. equal. Number, it has to number, be equal. One, everybody not, has to be. If in, it's inclusive, I'm not going to go into sur- sur- surgical, go into strategy, not in a public arena anyway. But I. What do you made, mean, go into strategy? But I'm not going to go into pub. I'm not going to go into strategy. Well, what are you going to do if they get mad? I'm not going to go in and lay out a I whole big plan. I didn't ask you that. Plan. Those are your words. That's the words. I didn't gonna, ask you what are you going to do if they get what's mad. Happen? Uh, you're what's taking my, you know, my, I'm, you're taking I'm what I said trying, out of context. I'm not going to go into that, but I can let you know that other people, and as far as I'm concerned, we we have different people have shown uh, already expressing their sovereignty. You got Gullah Geechee, you have the Moors, you have different black black Indians who have their whole areas, which they're even recognized here in the United States. The United States already know what time it is. There's there's even new new black Indians who've gotten recognition through the federal government. There's all down in New Orleans, all in Mississippi, different areas. So there are people who are exercising sovereignty right now. What I am saying is we need a formal body to secure our interests and to secure our interests for the generations to come because we are genocidal. We're in genocidal conditions. If they get angry, they can't do any more to us than they've already have. I repeat, you're preaching to the choir, okay, and I never I said I was worried about them getting angry. That was taken out of context. That's not what I, I said. Well, I'm just going to uh, mute myself because I'm not going to argue about it. Excuse me, ladies. Excuse me, ladies. I got a question. I got a question. Now, I've been sitting here. I've been listening to both of y'all. Hear what you're saying, and Sister uh, uh, Elena, nice meeting you, uh, Sister Angoni, um, and I hear what you're saying. Now, Elena, what I get the gist of, of what you're saying is we need to go through the, 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 the entities and the things that are in place right now in yes. order to become formally recognized yes, as ma'am. a sovereign body, as a yes, nation, ma'am. like you said, within a nation, right? Yes, ma'am. And it's perfectly right. legal. It's nothing illegal about it. Uh, it's called, it comes up under a, a political, you look at your political status. Our political status would be our Linked to the land. We're indigenous because our ancestors were already here. It's documented proof. And also, you know, because of the fact that even though some of us were were actually transported here from Africa, we became an autochthonous people because they mixed in with the aboriginal people who were here. So that is your political status, that indigenous status that gives you a right to autonomy, your right to self-determination, your, right, your water rights. Water rights, okay. your rights, your your rights to your um, historical sites. There are a whole gamut of rights that we could be mm-hmm. utilizing right now. The right to develop. Just look at in these cities where this hasn't been repaired since the riots. What we could do if we exercise that one right right there as an indigenous people. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. one that's one perk. Now let's take a look at the political form. You have two or three different types of political form. That's connected with your that that discusses your relationship with the dominant body, which is the United States. You could mm-hmm. be we could say okay, we'll go in for independence. Well, we know that's not going to work out because look at what happened to the Republic of New Africa. You have independence. You have a free associated nation state where you negotiate your sovereignty. That is the political form as a free free association that we cho- we chose. We chose that because a free association state already exists on the United States soil. Look up the Lumi tribe. They have a compact with the United States. Exactly. Micronesia has a compact with the United States. There are several uh, entities that have a compact or free association with the United States. So we, 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 I'm not being facetious, and I love the, you know, the sister. I really do. But what I'm saying is we don't have to be put in a position of either or. There are channels that we can go through to utilize. Now, once we go through those channels and we have people who still want to kill us, then we do the natural thing. We resist. That's what, if, if you come and you slap me, I ain't going to let you keep slapping me. If well, you want to keep throwing bricks at me, I can't keep letting you throw no bricks at me now. And I can't well, I have a question. let you take my stuff. Okay. All right. Can I so ask a then, question? So then, so then what you, hold on, so then, on for just one second, please, ma'am. Yes, um, ma'am. So then what you're saying that included in this would be our right to bear arms. Now, yes, in, you negotiate. In, in, you negotiate that. See, with free association, okay. with free association, we'll have authority transfers. You see what I'm saying? You go in I and you negotiate that now. sovereignty, and even with the military, you negotiate that. Negotiate that as well. Okay. I yeah. I I I I see what you're saying. So you're actually negotiating a transfer of power. Yes, ma'am. Okay. It's not okay. like we're gonna go in there blazing with arms, give it up, and we taking our sovereignty. No, that's right. not what right. you're. We're using right. we're using a tool uh, of international law up under what you would call a civil a, a civil way of dealing with our issue. Right. And we've already since since 1526, we've already gone through the physical resistance. We had right. that uh, all the way up until 1858, and even after there, there's been resistance. You know, we've had several rebellions. That's that was war. Those rebellions, right. exactly. those, that was war. Okay, exactly. we are internet. Okay. We are intergenerational prisoners of war, and because of that, we never addressed that aspect and dynamic of our identity. It got sidestepped during the civil rights era. It did. It did because of the issues of rape and being held, you know, um, um, in in slavery. You know, those are are, are actually war crimes. You know, yes. convicted without a trial. Those things are war crimes because if you look at, at at the history, when you when you're talking about, let's take just for example, <coughs> back in um, Okinawa, when there was a big issue. Um, during uh, it was either World War One, World War Two, but it was in um, Okinawa when the U.S. military, the Marines, I think it was World War One, because around forty-five, uh, there, there was no men in this village because they were all fighting, 
And those Marines, those military personnel began to go in and rape those women. That was that was labeled a war crime. That was mm-hmm. never addressed. See? Mm-hmm. So you know as being put in slavery, that's that's the same thing we went through. Mhm. And well, and not just that, they still commit war crimes because what happened uh, up in in Detroit with the poisoning of the water is a war crime. Because yeah, we're yeah. up under, and, we're and, still and, and, up and, under what you call a belligerent occupancy. They and, have something. Exactly. When you're an occupied people, the Geneva Conventions protect you. You have international <laughs> human rights law that protect you. You have humanitarian law that connect that protects you, and the law wars that protect you, and a couple of other uh, laws, international human rights laws that protect you. You cannot mm. get protection when you don't ask for it, and we've never asserted our rights on an international level. We never interna- internationalized the problem, and the United States never allowed mm-hmm. it to happen. That's why they killed Malcolm X, because they knew the consequences of internationalizing the problem. That meant mm-hmm. that you won't be able to put your corporation over in, 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 in Nigeria. That meant you wouldn't have, I think it was Nasser of Egypt once Malcolm mm-hmm. X left. That's when yes. they decided to kill him, because Nasser wouldn't let him put shell over there. So this thing is a little bit bigger than, oh, if we make them angry, they're going to kill us. And I'm not minimizing what Ngoni says. Yes, it's a concern. I have looked at this thing inside and out. But I also look at what are, what what do we have to lose, as Trump said. Right. What do we May have to lose? May I ask my question now? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm I'm done. Thank you very much. Now, Elena, please don't take what I'm saying out of context because I am not advocating that we should tuck our heads and forget it. That is not what I'm advocating at all by expressing my concerns. I would like to mention the North Dakota pipeline issue. Now, you talk about the Geneva Convention and rights uh, that are supposed to protect us. Well, how did the Geneva Convention protect those people? They are dependent. They are a dependent nation inside their constitution. That's why I couldn't protect them. What do you mean they're independent? They're independent I inside said the they constitution. They are a dependent. They are a dependent nation, and literally, all they really, all they, all those treaties did was make those people squatters on their own land. And that was my concern when I asked the question earlier, and that was where I was coming from. That is my concern. No, I'm not advocating that we don't do anything or don't say anything or care about how they feel. That's not where I'm coming from at all. That was my point when I asked you the question about how I felt about a nation within a nation. That's where I was coming from. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified. It. I think we should be. Well, you know, I was trying, but you just kind of <laughs> jumped to conclusions. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I, I love you too. I and I know you. <laughs> know you are on fire, and I'm glad that you are. Uh, you know, but that that's all but, I was. But, but let trying me let you in on a secret about their treaties. See, when those Mongolians, and when I say those Mongolians, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but those. Natives that they they recognize, yes, they were here before he, you know he came, but they're invaders too. Um, and when they negotiated those treaties, most of those Native Americans they didn't understand what they were negotiating. They just really really hauled them off, put them on a piece of land that was no good after they killed all the buffalo or whatever have you, and gave them rights to the mm-hmm. land, but not to the resources. Do you think we're going to sign off on a treaty that don't give us the right? Well, I don't know what you're going to sign off on. No, we but wouldn't I do that. That's, that's, most, that's ridiculous. 
a lot of the people that, a lot of the people that are being defined as indigenous people are referred to as and I don't mean any disrespect, but you know, facts are facts. Five dollar Indians, a lot of them Europeans that claim to have a certain little tiny speck of <laughs> indigenous blood and so they signed up for the dolls rolls and now they're considered Indians or indigenous people. So I hear what you're saying. But the thing I'm trying to say is these people are, oh, I don't have a word to describe how lawless they are all over the world, okay? And that's my concern right there. When you talk about some treaty supposed to protect us, the Geneva Convention is quite old. The United Nations, as far as I'm concerned, calls themselves a peacekeeping. Uh, 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 you know, what do they do when they go out to these countries where people are being slaughtered? So I, I'm saying, you know, you say the whole world will come and protect us? Oh, sister, I hope you're right. That's all I can say. Well, I'm no, done. I'm not saying I'm not saying the whole world will come and protect well, us. I'm what saying what I'm saying what I'm saying to you is, you go through the formal steps of what you have to do, and you do it formally. So people who want to come in and help us, they can't do that right now. They can't do it. When Hurricane Trina hit in 2005, Cuba offered help. Venezuela, all of those, most of the Latin American countries offered help to send doctors. To help, you know they it were was not rejected. able to help. It, it was, was rejected by the but United why, States. But why it was rejected? Because we're still under their jurisdiction. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you That's follow exactly. me? That's you follow the sister? We had no. people dying. I wish. Yeah. I wish we could do a show on what happened during Hurricane Katrina. And I tell you something else, sister. I follow what you're saying, mm. and I understand, sister Ngoni, what you're saying. Because when I researched what really happened in 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 New in, in New Orleans in in Louisiana when that Hurricane Katrina hit, all of that money that went across the table, they got in the hands of privateers and private corporations, and they no mm-hmm. people still yep. didn't get their land back. That was an orchestrated chaos trial yes. run on what they had planned for our behind to come. Yeah, yes. it, it was a it was a land grab and Halliburton reaped the harvest and a whole lot of other folks and then they had put in poison trailers to put the workers in. Yeah, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I am not uh, 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 blind to what's what going I'm on to, with our people. But what I'm trying people. to show you, but what I'm trying to show you, Sister Angoni, is people cannot help us even if they wanted to in our current political state. Do you follow and, me? I'm not yes, and what I'm trying to tell you. We should be scared. We should be terrified. I am terrified. I, yeah, yeah, I did on Mr. Talk Show talking about invaders and so forth all, all, and colonialism and imperialism when yep. I can. So <laughs> I'm not blind to what's going on. And, yes, I know I am a product mm-hmm. of a, a forced assimilation. And, yes, I know what they're doing to the children with all this gender confusion and all this crazy stuff they're forcing down the children with all this technology and get ready for 5G because that's getting ready to warp everybody's brain and Mm -hmm. boil your eyeballs like eggs, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I am not, uh, 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 you know, (laughs) uh, yeah, I know what time it is, but I'm still saying that if you look around the world, and I don't just look at what goes on in the United States, and I know you don't either because you are in international law. But I understand. Mm-hmm. What about the people in my, my what, what do you call them? Mr. Talk, please pronounce his name for me because you had it on your show. The My, my Minor people oh. or something? The who? The, the, it's in the near, uh, it's in the near, 
where Cynthia McKinney, where Dr. Cynthia McKinney is right now in, um, there's a group of people that are being, gen- say again? Yes, thank you so much. I cannot pronounce it. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's it. That's it. Right. Now, what is it? What What is this? I haven't, I haven't been. I haven't been following them. I've been dealing okay. with our issues. No, okay. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I have not. Honestly, for the past three years, I have been looking at African American issues. I respect I, that, but here's the point I'm trying to make. Here's the point I'm trying to make. There are other groups in the world that fall under the Geneva Convention. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the question I'm raising. These international laws were created by who? Not us. True or false? Mm, most who of created the United hold Nations? On, who on, created on, the World Court? Who hold created on, the World Court? The Only people that take the World Court look like me and you. Host, most but, of the laws that they utilize is based off of indigenous law. I don't care what it was based off of. They formalized it under European documentation of international law, and they created the world court, and the only folks they take to the yeah, world court look like me and you. There. Yep, but guess who was sitting at that table with them? When we wasn't at the table uh, when it was created, but Liberia was, and a couple of other African countries were. Well, the only ones that's going up in there now is Africans, okay? They ain't prosecuting no Europeans nowhere that I know of. Well, most of the African states are, are, are part of their international court. And they're prosecuting each other because they have people in there that don't want to give up those spots. They want to keep, want to stay in office. You have people. My point exactly. You when have, you raise all this stuff about international law have, and all these conventions and all. What I'm have, trying to say, Elena, is it's corrupt from the top to the bottom. You have, you have people who are sitting there that look like us. Africans who want to sit in high places for a hundred years. They don't want to but sit down. But they don't have, but they, in, at, they the they don't, at the world court, at the world court, Africans do not house the highest position. Europeans do. And that's my point. They, that's my point exactly. No, they but do not. But they're there, though. But they're there, okay. though. Yeah, and they're uh, the black, perpetrators, too. The, uh, uh, okay, Most of your, them are the perpetrators with those genocides. Most of those Elena, are, would you are, please listen on. to what I'm trying to say? This is, this is really, I'm trying to make a clear point here. Let's okay, take the example ahead. of the United Nations, okay? Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. African countries are participating in that. And I have said for decades, they all ought to get up and walk out of there because it's only a place for them to go whine and beg. It is not a place for them to take charge of their own destiny. And it was set up for that. They make their decisions at the, uh, at the Bilderberg and, and at these big conferences on world economics and stuff. They don't make their decisions at the United Nations. And that's my point. So you talk about these Geneva Conventions and the World Court and this and that and the other, but it's rigged because they set it up. So what do you propose that we do? I don't have don't... the answer. I'm not, I, I'm not qualified to give the answer. I'm just expressing my concern. I am not saying that you're doing anything wrong or that we should give up. I'm not saying that. I'm just pointing out something that I'm aware of. That's all. And I hope you all, mm. your organization will be aware of it. I'm sure we're you're already aware, aware of it. I'm sure you're very, already aware of we're it. Very, we're very clear on who's there. And we're well, very clear well, on what's well, going on in Africa. Well, you just got done telling me that the Africans was all up in the world court like they oh, was they running the place. And they ain't yes, running they they, but they they're not running it is the point I'm trying to make. There, but they are just, there, oh. though. They're there to make the decisions. They're there and, to make and the decisions. Where to, are we? Just, are we there? What Listen, are Elena, in? the black caucus, I call it. African-Americans to make a day-to-day position, a day-to-day decision right now 
based on wealth, power, and resources. Where are we? The Those Black Africans Caucus is there, there too. And the black where, where? the black caucus has done absolutely positively nothing for black people. You did you just didn't, you did not even it, hear what I if said. If they could do it, why did they get that eight million dollars that Venezuela gave to the blacks in, during Hurricane Katrina? Why you don't listen, Elena. You don't listen, Elena. I said the black caucus. Okay. That ought to tell you what I think of them. Yeah, that's true. Okay, mm-hmm. so you don't have to explain to me what they've done and what they haven't done. And I raise the issue. I'm quite clear on the fact of the situation we're in because I bring out the point often when I can that we're the only group in America that has to have our so-called voting rights, which don't mean jack nothing, renewed by the Congress who are our new slave masters every 25 years. So I'm clear on what situation we're in. My but I'm also clear on all that. of these established institutions uh, that around the world that are supposed to be protecting us. The Geneva Convention can't protect us. They cannot you. protect it's, us. They cannot protect I, us because we have not made a formal de- a declaration that we are ready to exercise self-determination. People I'm saying if you make a formal one, they can't. I'm trying to say that even if you make one, they can't protect you. <laughs> okay. Well, name me somebody mm. in the world that they have protected. Name okay. me somebody. They I didn't, said okay. They've been all over the world, I and they've been carpet bombed. They didn't. I'm not. I listen. I'm not going to go through. I'm <laughs> okay. not going to sit here and go through. Just well, name somebody. I'm not Just name me one. Just give me one. Different. Show me one example where the United Nations has intervened, and I will of shut people, up. Of, of people who has rebelled against hegemony with you. People just. That's just not natural. No, no, natural. I'm saying give me one example natural, where the Geneva Convention. And it's Convention. not natural, and it's not natural okay. when, a, when, when, and when a colonial right. people, it's not natural when a colonial people sit down and take it laying down and don't even ask for the help, never put themselves in a position so other people can help them. Now, I'm not going to sit here and throw shade on the people oh, who my have God. done it. Now, you're, you're, you're doing fancy footwork again. I asked you to give me one example of the Geneva Mr. Convention Paul, protecting a group of people. Would I not be giving strategy one. if I just go into detail? And just no, because that would, be histor- what, that would be historical document. Okay. No, that wouldn't be strategy. Okay, that would okay, be historical okay, fact. Okay, okay, okay. That would be a historical okay, fact. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess right. you can't give me one. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I think that's about good enough right there. Thank that is. <laughs> Ladies. Okay. Um, oh, boy. What a fire conversation. I'm loving this. Um, but my question is, Sister Goni, what was your question again? Where did the UN go in and do what? I just wanted to give get one, only one example of where the, the statement was made that the Geneva Convention could protect us if we were formulated in the way that we need to be under international law. I know that's not what she said, but I can't use the exact word she says, but I do understand her meaning. And all I asked for was one example of where the Geneva Convention protected a people in our situation. They ain't doing nothing for the Palestinians right now. Yes, it did. Yes, it does. Well, they ain't stop the genocide from going on over Palestine. The recognized now. The Palestinians get help from the United States. The point is. There are several is, peoples. There are several peoples. The United States. Oh, under my the God. Wait a minute. The, under the Geneva Conventions right now, the United States give X amount of dollars to the Palestinians. And they give X I amount get, of dollars. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, they wait a minute. And they give X amount of dollars assistance to the Kurdish. 
And they oh, give the X amount of dollars to Israel. There are different, who, there are different nations, oh different my God. who, excuse <laughs> me, I know because I, I already know because I've already looked at it. There are different groups of people who are exercising their rights to self-determination who have been abused, who use those conventions. Mm. That is humanitarian law who gets us under those conventions. We're we're losing you, Elena. We can't hear. Your voice is faded. They get assistance. That's what the Geneva Conventions are. I can give you numerous examples. The point I'm trying to make, Elena, is yes, the United States may be giving the Palestinians money, but But they still also give it. Can I? Will you let let me finish my sentence, please? I'm telling you because you let me finish my sentence, please. I ask you respectfully. The point I'm trying to make is, yes, I know what you're saying is correct, but they're also at the same time giving resources to Israel, who's the one that's doing the genocide, and that ain't stopped it yet. That's my point. You know who's going to have to stop that? The people in the Middle East is going to stop that. That's well, that wasn't my point. My, and don't, that well, once again, you read that. That wasn't but my point. Those but, excuse me, Ngoni, but those Palestinians are in a, in a position to get the assistance to stop them from doing what it is they propose to do. And, do and I'm sure me? you're, that's I, I followed you in the first place, but I don't think you understand what I'm trying to point out. But that's but what you I'm saying. You keep talking about all that, these conventions and. That and, convention and, helps them. That helps them because they can, the genocide can going on for how many years. they can utilize that as a tool to get the resources for the help. They're in a political status where they can get help from different countries, from Jordan, from Iran, but from different to be... countries, from Morocco, any country in that area that feels the need to help them, they're in a political status where they can get the help up under the but humanitarian law. you seem to be ignoring the Geneva, seem... the Geneva Conventions. You seem to be ignoring the fact. Because it'll look, at, look like interference because we're not in our proper status. That's not the point mm. I'm trying to make about our property. You know, I'm going to tell you like I tell the Moors. They talk about how important it is, and please don't mis- take this out of context because I'm trying to make an, an, an analogy. But since you ignored my point I was trying to make about the money that goes to Israel, mm. the one that's doing the, doing the uh, genociding. I, I'm going to use a good example uh. right here at home about the, the, the Moors. They talk about how important it is to be you in your right status. And with, I ask the question, the if you have your right status, is that going to stop a bullet coming from these people? With the Moors? Because the Moors are trying to appeal to a constitution who got them in as three-fifths of a human being. Where the hell you can, what can you, you can't compare that. Mr. Talk, Mr. Talk, I'm going to, Mr. Talk, let me, let me, Mr. Talk. What the Mr. Talk, she, just, yeah. she didn't understand me, Mr. Talk. they got them in the Constitution, talk. of a human being. They don't Mr. even talk. recognize our okay. humanity. Okay. 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 Mr. Talk, she, she misunderstood what I was, I was trying to make an analogy, Mr. Talk. I would like to address this to Mr. Talk, if I may. That's a cowardly cop and you know it. Let, let me let me address this to Mr. Talk, if I may, because, again, you have misconstrued my point. My point was to try uh, to give an analogy. You were talking about the, being in the right status. But, see, you, you hear a, a, a one little word, and then you run off down the road, and you don't know what I'm trying to say. The point I was trying to make to use the Moors as an analogy, and I understand their circumstances. 
But the point is, they're always saying how it's so important for you to be in your right status, to get your nationality declared, so forth and so on. And my point is this. You get your right status, but your right status or your right nationality or you're under the Geneva Convention or your political status don't stop bullets from cops. That's my point. Well, you got a right to resist civilly, and you got a right to resist physically. That's all I got to say. I understand and that right. Saying, but would you at least concede that what I'm saying is accurate? Through the proper set. Now, but since you used that analogy, the distinction is that I'm saying I'm not going to go to the Constitution and ask for their help and appeal to them when they already got me in as their property. And they all right, got us Elena, in. You, okay, well, you still, ain't, you still didn't get it, but well, I, I rest my case. You, so you just refuse. So this is the danger of being one. This is the danger of being blind by one thing and not looking out beyond. Recognize our rights to uh, indigenous status or our rights as human beings. They still have us penciled in as their property, and they still treat us like their property. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. My boss, I didn't know that. You're appealing, How about that? You're appealing, mm. you're, I'm, I'm saying you're appealing. You're, what you're saying is, oh, hold on to uh, this jackboot. I'm looking that's at not what, what I'm saying at all. See, once what, again, what no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Okay. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that the Moors is not right, but it's not I'm, my that strategy wasn't the issue. I would use. I was drawing an analogy, but you didn't, you didn't get it again because you, you, you're so focused on one thing you can't see. You got blinders on. I appeal to a government who has no respect for my humanity. They never have and they never will until we assert our humanity. Okay. And well, go I, the proper steps. I, I, I hear you. I don't understand why it's so hard. Other nations do it. Other people in the world don't take stuff laying down like the African American do. I don't want to take and anything do laying down either. Because we've been brainwashed and we've been manipulated and we are so politically illiterate. Okay. We're in a well, position you know. we're in because of ignorance. If this had been done during the 1960s, we would not be where we are right now. Well, let me tell you, it's been worked on since then because I happen to know someone personally that went to Geneva to be on the United Nations board that came up with the Afro-descendants. So this has been going on for a long time. It didn't just start now, okay? So don't act like nobody stood up and went to try to do this thing under international law because that's not the case. And I was just using the Moors as an analogy to make a point. Not to say that the Moors are right or you're wrong. This is not about right or wrong here. It's about making a point that, that you give me one. Okay, what did the Geneva Convention do for, for, for Haiti? Right. Tell me that. What has the Geneva Convention done for Haiti? Okay. Raw to me and A, what it was supposed to do. Raw to me and A, that's what it was supposed to do. We didn't beat this mule you long enough. Okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. I think that's enough. I think that's enough. Emotions getting overheated and you know not listening and not understanding each other. Okay, that that that's fine. That's enough. We're gonna cut it off right here. Let's go. Go ahead. No, we ain't cutting it off because I'm finna bring Maze in. Let me bring Maze into the conversation. Let it go. Oh, hey Maze. He's really gonna get hot now. Hello. Hello. How y'all doing? Oh, it's not gonna get hot. I do. I mean. I do what I do in laughter and happiness. I don't end in, with anger and stuff like that. But why I got to talk was about this, but because uh, uh, I, I don't like, I'm not going to deal with that. 
I was calling about these packages being put off on people's porches, and I was asking us to talk because he lives in Texas because a lot of things, people are there up close and can see it better than those that are standing back and seeing it in a different lens. And that's why I was asking him last week about it, and he hadn't heard about it. So. Oh. Okay. Well, like like I told you, you know, right now, um, those packages, it was three packages, okay, and so mm-hmm. somebody just placed them on, 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 on the doorstep, no name, no nothing, and as soon as they open them, it explodes. Um, right mm-hmm. now they have no idea doing it, but the only problem is it's being done in predominantly black neighborhood or community, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, they say whoever's doing it, whoever is doing it is using house regular household items, so it's hard so they say, quote unquote, it's hard to track who's doing it or where they're getting the uh, equipment from. Um, the FBI is down there, and you know they they they're going to hardware stores and all this good stuff, trying to find out who did it. Uh, oh, who's it hasn't been anymore since the last one, but you know, okay. uh, yes, there's a couple of people that have uh, been killed by it. But yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. But I was like, that's, that's I, the status of what's going on. Otherwise, if I was in the area, what I would do is have a camera put on my porch, and whoever put it off would be the one that be standing in the door. They'd be caught right on the spot. Well, and then so, and I was, and, huh? No, what I was saying, I, I don't know, the, I don't know the particulars of all that, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's being done in broad daylight, and nobody's seeing anything. So, uh, would a camera okay. really help? I doubt it. Seriously. Yeah, so what if you see who's been, po- huh? you been on your porch, you can always look at the tape. Hmm. You know, I kind of <laughs> sort of have my own idea about, about the situation, but I, I, I'm not going to go into that yet. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> you know, when it comes uh, to, yeah, it come, oh, I have another one for you. Oh, South Africa. Okay. It's throwing mm-hmm. these people off their property. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What you well, we talked about that last week. Um, oh, you did. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, the same thing was done in Zimbabwe, and mm-hmm. ended up in, in, in and ended up terrible because nobody knew how to handle it the way the way it should have been handled. Um, so when you look at Zimbabwe and look at South Africa, now the plan is, and they have till August the thirtieth, I think, to come up with a, a, a solid plan, um, is mm-hmm. to you know. Learn from Zimbabwe and do it the right way. Now, my thought was, and here's just me, I said, hey, don't throw the white ones off. Let them stay there and make them pay. Make them sharecroppers. Yeah. You know, that way the land's still being, being done, and, you know, you, you, you get, you, they ain't getting over on you. That was my idea anyway. But, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing going on. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to tell you something that I found out that's over there in Africa. There's some Americans over there on that property that's being thrown out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're complaining. So it seems like <laughs> they're everywhere. Is that something new? <laughs> no, nothing new. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. And the man, somebody see, was from there. The man what said, you have to understand. Uh, what you have to understand not like is, America. yeah, they're everywhere. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're everywhere, and the reason why, because what happens is, you know, everybody knows United States military goes all over the place. So, and they stay there mm-hmm. long enough to, when they get out of the military, they just go and build a residence there. 
Yeah, one of one of the guys that I heard that was there, he said it's a lovely place and he enjoys it and he likes it. And but then he wants to talk about the AIDS AIDS virus and all of this stuff intertwined with it. But he loves it there. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you love it there, you gotta take it over, not to come over there to to, to to be there to live with the people. You're there to just start to take the land over. And that's why they're getting it back. <laughs> and you don't have a choice to get your butt back over here in America where you where you were born. Because people are getting thrown out of this country, sending them back home. But then you got them over there in in the continent trying to take over over there. So as I say, eventually oh, I mean. this world <laughs> is going to change, and it's a change that's coming, and people don't like it and don't like what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to be surprised. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to be surprised about it. Is, so I'm going to be just sitting back looking and say, I knew it was going to happen. You know, and you have to remember, and I'm going to use the Panthers as a, a, a example. You know, the, the, the Panthers started out t- taking care of the neighborhood, you know, uh, protecting each other, things of that nature, right? But it only took uh-huh. one to infiltrate, one to turn, turn coat and start uh, reporting back to the FBI. And after that happened, everything just went kapooey. See, and... and the reason why I'm bringing that up because I heard what Sister Ingoni has said. I heard what Elena has said. You know, and, and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, dang, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That makes sense. That makes sense. The only problem I have is the turncoat that's going to go back and, and report everything and give Mr. Smith the ammunition to to come in and, and, and destroy you. We already know. Wherever they go, they destroy stuff. You well, know, they I rape make. the land, they rape oh. the people, and, and then they out of there because they've done everything they could do. If I may, Mr. Talk. Can I finish? Can I give my opinion? What I think sure. the problem is, it's not enough people that stand together with something that's trying to do right. There's too many sitting on the side complaining about it instead of joining in to help it. It's just like these kids walking out of school, out of the school, out of the school, and the teachers can't do nothing about it but just see them walk out the door. They're doing that together. But I was saying, well, one of, the, one of the kids that, that would go shoot up the school, whatever they, they didn't do a report showing the, those that would go shoot the school up, where they at, or what they doing. Except one man said that. He would have, he told his son he wouldn't have let him go anyway. I said, well, that was one that I heard of. But out of the rest, once you get together and you stick together and you do things, ain't nothing stopping. But if you got a few on the sideline complaining about just this one's here, is it because we're not following him and we're not listening to what they got to say? You don't know what, just like they say Marcus Garvey. Then have enough followers, and you put things down that might be helping you. You don't even know it by listening to other people. But listen to the soul of your ancestors. You will get along. You know. You know. You get along. Get 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 get, get places that you wouldn't think you would be. It's just like those people in South Africa are throwing them out. Mhm. And they had to get together in our order for all of them to because it was just a few over there screaming about. Well, they they doing good. They came over here and they they did this and that. everything that's over there was given to those people in that continent for some reason. And, if, and with something on it that's okay. not supposed to be, good thing won't happen. Okay, you, you lost me on that one, Maze. That's what I said. <laughs> All the resources that uh, everybody needs is over there in the continent of Af- Africa. Mm-hmm. And they're really sitting on part of Africa. That's why they're not happy. They're not happy people sitting on that land. 
because they always got a complaint. And mm. look who got big brother got to come protect them at all times. Mr. Talk, may I say something what? here? Yes, go ahead, Sister Ngani. Well, about South Africa, are we taking in consideration that the people of South Africa waited for the government under international law and under democracy to redistribute the land to the people in a fair manner? But Mugabe waited for 10 years, and then the people started threatening to kill him if he didn't do something, and he didn't do anything, so they started doing it. Now, I'm not advocating that, you know, slaughter for any – I hate to see – humans slaughtering other humans. I don't care what color they are or what the nationality is, so that's not what I'm, you know, I'm not advocating that. But a lot of those people that were born from European descent, the Afrikaners, that were there all their life uh, were uh, run out, and they're going to Ghana, and now they're throwing Ghanaians off of their land that they didn't have for generations. So this is, what, this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that people shouldn't do anything, but I'm just saying the idea that this international body of law and these international institutions that the Europeans set up are, you know, unfortunately, it looks like, you know, that they don't work too good as far as what I can see, and I'm sure I can't see very much, the small bit I can see. And if so, I Mr. Talk, I understand what you're then. saying, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, there shouldn't be something done at all. And I want to participate in doing something, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. I think that, you, you you know, you can't have tunnel vision and, and without taking into consideration, you know, like I said, uh, what goes on in other parts of the world. And then you can learn from how those things have been happening and and maybe learn from that. That's all I'm trying to say. But I think just to sit down and say, because this law is there and that law is there and this one, you know how I used to get on, uh, what's his name, Uh, Brother Jamar, (laughs) about the international law. Go ahead. I'm done. I I hope you get my point. I I don't mean to ramble, Mr. uh, Mr. Talk. I hope you got my point. I don't mean to ramble. Mr. Talk, if I may rebut that. Yeah, I got you. Mr. Talk. Go ahead, Elaine. Go ahead. Um, sure. What happened sure. in South Africa, and and when I talk about international law, and I'm not saying concrete, oh, this is going to come in and protect us. We got a whole constitution, 13th, 14th, and 15th amendments that was supposed to protect us, but it didn't. What I'm saying is that's a process and a procedure that we have not utilized, and that protects us, and we have not even went to the table to even uh, attempt to assert it. Now, what happened in South Africa, from what I have heard from some of the people who are involved, who were involved uh, at that time, uh, you know, during that time of apartheid, is strategically placed in positions to keep the wealth in the white hands. See, we have an internal problem, too that we don't really acknowledge, just like we have an internal problem here in the United States where it's more, it's more, uh, more profitable to help colonialism and, and imperialism keep those assets in, 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 in their hands and just manage the rest of the population. That's what happened over in Zimbabwe. There was mal- maldistribution of the wealth. Even if you really look at it, even with Mugabe, he was not always a just person. So he used that land apparatus as as political leverage to keep himself in power, to keep his hands on the wealth. We have to acknowledge that we have, just like we have the poverty pimps and the black power pimps, 
we got pimps over mm-hmm. in Africa. Even though that the laws were there for them to make maneuvers and to get the self-determination and to get the liberation, mm-hmm. what happens? They go back in and take from the people who they proposed that they were supposed to protect. We have an opportunity to erect something new, all-inclusive, and to utilize those those mm-hmm. laws to make our own reality. No, the international law is not our saving grace, but it's not going to hurt mm-hmm. us either if we look for it to put us where we need to go and put ourselves in a position where if another country or another international entity wants to come in and help us get a water system in Detroit, we got laws to protect us to, to do that. That's what I'm saying. Now, what each individual person wants to do, that's totally up to them. If you're okay with where you are, my hat's off. Good you should really stop making that but statement because I, I hope it wasn't directed people, at me. But there, but there are people no, who are ready so. to move on. Well, and it's true. Those of us who are right. not happy with the political situation and the political realities that we deal with, we're moving on. Everybody else is going to be left behind. And that's just hmm. the bottom line of it. We, we're at a point where we cannot afford to be not secure in our person. We don't have an apparatus to secure us. We can't feed ourselves. We don't have access to clean water in some areas. Like in Alabama, I read the U.N. came over here, and they went to Lawless County, Alabama. Those people have hookworms. That's something that you find in a third-world country. In another part of Alabama where people don't have access to trash pickup, sewage, and well water, they went in, mm-hmm. and after they've excluded these people from generations from access to services, okay, to benefit off their tax base, where they've used selective mm-hmm. annexation, selective underbounding, deprived mm-hmm. of clean drinking water. Now they're dying of hookworms, something somebody would, would, would be dying of in an in a underdeveloped country. Here in the most industrialized country in the world, this is happening. It's happening yeah, in Detroit right. too. And not, and not only, and not only that, um, Elena, um, and and we're still talking about um, Alabama, and I don't remember what city it was, but there's a hog farm there, and where in that one region where those people live, they are all black. Now, what this this company has done. What this company has done is slaughter these hogs, and then they use the water that, because you know they have to have a reservoir back there for all of the discharge from when they slaughter the hogs and all of that. They use the water from that reservoir to grow the vegetation around there. The so the vegetables that they're eating is being fertilized and being watered with the waste contamination from the slaughtering of those hogs. Now, these people have been complaining for years. These are black people. Now all of a sudden they got all these lesions, they got all these growth and, and, and all of all of this stuff and, and cancer in this region. And nobody hmm. is, is is and nothing is being done and nothing is being said. The lady came and she pointed out where her family graveyard was at, but they wanted to expand that that uh, mm-hmm. where the hogs will be in process. You know they they turned over them people graves. Uh huh. 
Well, and 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 and, and 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 nothing and nothing was said until it, it and it's a documentary. It's on YouTube because I was watching it the other week. Okay, what's and, the name and of it? Was, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but I can look in my history and find it. And I said okay. it. I can Mr. Talk, but nothing was done until they came in, and then after that, they began to come in and 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 try to clean up, only because it was mm. exposed. So. So what you're saying, you know, is that if we just sit back and keep accepting it and keep saying, okay, well, this is just our plot in life, and not rise up and stand up to decide to come together and try to fight, you know, mm-hmm. and, and try to get those things that are already in place, try to utilize those things without thinking, well, what are going to be the consequences and what if it don't work? Well, what if you just sit there? If you just sit there, if we just sit here and accept the status quo and accept things as we are, they will always be as they are. So why not get it's an avenue. It's an avenue. And, and, One and, of and, and, many, you know, and, 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 and we ought to at least hmm. try to come together. And I hear what you're saying. Those of us who who are willing, who are not afraid to do that, you know, come together and explore that avenue and, and just make the best of it. You know, and, and I, I want to, I want, but I want to acknowledge something in in Goni, uh, Sister Ngoni said. Mm-hmm. We have to be cautious because we, I cannot stress to you what we have in that White House, and she has legitimate concerns because what I what we propose is not anything to be taken lightly. But I have personally weighed all the odds when I see issues like you just discussed and I live in a rural part of Georgia I can take mm-hmm. you to some houses honey that don't even have running water and it's 2017 I can take you to dirt roads and it's 2017 I can take you to some houses who do, who still use the bathroom outside and it's 2017 right here in Georgia do you follow me uh-huh. I, and I, we you cannot, ain't, honey. You ain't even you ain't even got to go that far because I can go ten miles west of Tallahassee mm-hmm. to a town mm-hmm. and, and see the same thing. And I, I I tell Mr. Talk this all the time and talk to people who live in those conditions daily when I'm in these cities. Mhm, mhm. Mm-hmm. So, so I know, so I know what you're do. talking about. It. I know what so you're much talking work about. We got so much work to do. We got so much work to do. We do, and the first thing is 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 changing our people's minds of accepting. You don't have to live like this. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's where it has to start. It has to start there, and it's going to be a grassroots effort. Exactly. 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 Conditions and programs to accept what has been handed out to them, and until we stand up and say, those of us who know. You know, stand up and say, honey, you ain't got to live like this. You ain't got to take this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and and share in the resources that we have and stop hogging everything for ourselves, the, even the knowledge that we have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not allowing people, mm-hmm. you know, to, to know that or, or explaining it to them or taking the time to share it with them or when we do share a portion, say, oh, well, go look it up on the Internet. If you have the access, why not give it to me now? Why should I have to go research? I, I always tell people, and Mr. Talk would tell you this. Matter of fact, I gave him homework before he even got on the show, didn't I, Mr. Talk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You actually oh, did, yep. <laughs> I, had another, I had another question about the bridge in Florida that collapsed. Was it because of the regulations changing, because people don't want no regulations anymore, that it, it I mean, the way it happened? Because there was no beans or nothing up under it, and they said they built it on the side of the road, well, and they wouldn't put it there? Well, it was supposed to be a, a, a new type of bridge. Um, mm-hmm. And the, and the, when it fell, when it fell, they were actually doing um, – from what what I've read and heard, they were actually doing a stress test on it. And I was like, well, this has that test, did it? You know, it but I, I don't know. A stress test with cars yeah. going, going up and down? Yeah, that's, and what, that, exactly. you know, the road down? That's, that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, how you going to do a stress test? <laughs> and they may have probably, okay. But, yeah, uh-huh. it sounds dumb, don't okay. it? Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, all the, with all the regulations going away, you, I want to I expect to see some more stuff going on crazy. Um, Is it like well, the Native Americans on their land? I mean, well, the people, people, are, I, they, they, they're getting short and they don't know what to do with themselves. And you ain't have to worry about going nowhere because there's going to be enough of them to be controlling stuff and just a little fruit. <laughs> but they're going to have to live just like mm-hmm. you. And when the masses get upset, mm-hmm. things do change. Well, well did you hear yeah. about the bridge in Atlanta? That got burned up in Atlanta. They said the crackhead burned up the bridge. We, yeah. we talked about that a while ago, but yeah. you know, we never heard what became of that. No, it was just a, you, a can't, news you can't find any stories on it. It went away. <laughs> it, it just Nothing like vanished. Because I've been looking. You know, yeah. the last thing I heard was he had some um, attorneys that were going to defend him um, pro bono. And after that, I didn't hear anything else. Can't even find anything else on there. I can find old stuff, but nothing new. <laughs> Mr. Talk, do you know about the gun case for the, the guy, uh, the first guy that's being prosecuted under the uh, black ideological extremist laws in Austin, Texas? No, haven't heard of that one. Yeah, I, it's tell. going on now. I, pardon? I say, do tell. Yeah, well, the only thing I know about it is uh, I got an email about the case, and I sent them some information because Rod Class just won his Supreme Court case about uh, guns in D.C. And and so I heard back mm-hmm. from the guy, but beyond that, I haven't had any more contact with him. Um, but they have a committee that's working on the case, uh, you know, for for this guy. But he, it, it's about the assault weapons. Uh, I think he had a gun shop or something, and they're coming after him for black ideological extremism. Mm. Okay. So. You said the whole word. Um, Not surprised. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, it's 15, 15 till. All right. Hey, we're going to have to get up out of here, but I'm going to let everybody get their last words in. Uh, please don't make it that long, y'all. You know, I hate to, for it to cut off on you. <laughs> it's been so much fun. So much fun. All right. And I think first, I always say last one in, first one out. So we're going to go with uh, Maze. All right, Maze, give me some last words. Oh, do a conversation with love is all I got to say, and leave happy. Have a good one. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Maze. You have a good weekend. All right, Sister Goni. Well, thank you, Mr. Talk, and um, thank you, T. Ross and Elena. Um I want to say that this is a very um, sensitive topic and uh, emotional topic for me. 
And I want to thank Elena for her expertise and her wisdom and for her activity in doing what she's doing. And I want to be firm in stating that I am in no way opposed to it. I think if you're going to be free, you don't have a choice but to stand up because freedom's not given to anyone. You have to take what belongs to you. I agree with that. Only thing I'm saying is I just don't have the complete confidence in these conventions and international laws and things like that. But like Elena said, you have to do what's available to you to work a new plan or, uh, you know, a new uh, road or whatever to get where you want to go. So I applaud her for that, and I just hope she does understand that I'm not in any way opposed. I'm just concerned. Thank you, Mr. Talk and T. Ross, and have a good day. All right. Thank you, Sister Angoni. And as always, you're welcome. All right. Uh, last but not least, Elena. Last okay. words, please, ma'am. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I thank Sister Angoni and Sister Mays and uh, your host um, for uh, sharing with me. I had an excellent show. It was very exciting, very intense. I love Sister Angoni. She's uh been a part of my family for a minute, and uh, she has um, turned me on to some very good information in terms of uh, finances and personal finances. So she she's a wonderful person, and I love her. Uh, and I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to share about international and human rights law. And I want to stress that I'm not saying the UN is the answer because there has been atrocities, and atrocities still being committed against African-descendant people in this hemisphere, like Haiti, that they have been uh, contributing to because of their negligence. And I will acknowledge that. However, we have so much at stake right now. We're in genocidal conditions, and we got to come together as a people and agree to survive and agree for our generations to come to survive. And with that, I yield the floor, and you all have a blessed night. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, ma'am. And as always, anytime, anytime, this is a conversation we have to have over and over again so we can get some clarity. P, where you at? Talk to me. Hey, you know, well, I only got a few things to say. You know, we, we have to recognize that as long as people walk in fear, things will never change. You know, we cannot, you know, fear change. We have to look beyond the boundaries, you know, that, that are that are set in this place or set in this country, you know. And when we're talking about the civil rights movement, you know, that they didn't really get attention until the issue went international. And the whole world saw, and then they reacted, you know, and as people began to shun those in power in the United States for what they were doing, then the change came. However, when, when you are inundated with with fear and you don't move forward, you stay stuck in the place that, that you know you don't want to be in, only because you refuse to stand up and fight for what you know is right. See, and, and as long as we look at the status quo and feel defeated, that's what we'll always be. We'll always be defeated. Making excuses rather than, you know, taking a chance for change makes you really, it makes you an accomplice to the derogatory conditions that you blatantly complain about, you know, and but but you 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 were afraid to do anything about. 
you know, like we was talking about, you know, the housing conditions and stuff. If people don't know, they won't do anything. But if this is what they've been inundated with and this is all they know, then they're not going to fight against the status quo. It's time to stand up and say enough is enough. And whatever avenues that are available to us, you know, we just need to utilize those avenues and keep banging down doors until we accomplish that which we desire. You know, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a whole lot. All right, Ben, I'm running short on time. I ain't got. I'm going to give some quick information, then we're going to get up out of here. The name of that city is Union Springs, Alabama. All right, so go on YouTube. I, I remember that. Union Springs, Alabama. Check that out. Um, earlier we were talking about the prisons, the uh, prisons, the companies that work, you know, but get their products from the prison. Um, here's some of them, just 10 of them. Whole Foods, McDonald's, Walmart, Victoria's Secret, AT&T, BP, Starbucks, Microsoft, Nintendo, and American Airlines. So those are just ten companies that that you know uh, get get stuff done by prisoners. You know which keeps and prisoners are paid like ninety cents. That's it, ninety cents. All right, so. It's been fun. Really appreciate it. I want to thank Elena, Sister Ngoni, of course, my, my co-host, P. Ross, and everybody else who joined us today. Hey, this was a great show, great show. Uh, we're going to have to do it again shortly. We will do it Monday. <laughs> That's how short it's going to be. But, um, yeah, we'll be back here Monday with a new show and new information for you, all right? So until Monday, man, y'all have a great one. Remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart. But make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. If you laugh at yourself, everything else is gravy. All right, going to take you out of here with some Lou Rawls and Lady Love, and I'll see everybody back here Monday, after, Monday afternoon. All right, enjoy your weekend. We out. Lady love, your love is peaceful like a summer's dream. My lady love, with love that's tender as a baby's touch, you give me all of the things that I need so much. You're my world, lady love. 